I took a drink. I was just going to say, just as I hit record, you're like swallowing your coffee. <laughs> I hope they couldn't hear that. I, I No, I, I didn't know hear some anything. I people don't care, but I, I hate mouth noises. Ashley really loves ASMR <laughs> chewing videos, you guys. They're her favorite. If anybody were to capture me and torture me, if, if they – you know, something happened and I had top secret information. <laughs> All they would have to do <laughs> is blast videos like that in my ears for hours and hours. And I would probably confess everything. I, I feel like, like, just kill me. <laughs> I feel like even if you didn't have classified information, if uh-huh. someone was torturing you, you would fabricate classified information yeah. just to make it stop. I would do something. <laughs> I would be like, either kill me or mm-hmm. or accept what I'm telling you right now because I cannot go any longer listening to this. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, so um good night and you guys. It's yeah. uh Monday. Monday I can't, morning. Yeah, Monday morning. It's not even 9 a.m. and we are getting our episode recorded because Ashley has exciting and an exciting appointment after we're done with the podcast yeah. today yeah. um i'm getting some more holes in my face so. <laughs> <laughs> but i'm really excited <laughs> i'm excited for you um i how i have i was the one yesterday that was like hey what if we did like 8 30 tomorrow morning yeah. um just so that we have plenty of time to record gives you time to get ready and get out the door mm-hmm. even if we go kind of long So I was like, oh, set my alarm. I'll set two alarms just to make sure I'm like up. Would you believe I didn't go to bed till after 1 a.m. And my eyes popped open before 5 a.m. And I could not get back to sleep. Why? That's horrible. So I've been up for almost four hours. So I'm on like my third cup of coffee. Yeah, I really don't know. you couldn't fall back asleep? No. Normally if I wake up like that, when it's like before 5 a.m., even if it's like 6.30 a.m., I can still – like yesterday, I woke up at 6.30 and I was like, I don't have anywhere to be till 10 a.m. So I'm going back to sleep. Like, And I did. Um, That's how I am. Usually it, I can just mm-hmm. go back to sleep. It – that just was not the case. That happens every now and again, just randomly every now and again. So I was like, well, I might as well just get up. So I did and I Man. start – I was watching – I was watching a guilty pleasure DC. <laughs> So hey, if nothing you, wrong with that. So if you I, guys, <laughs> I vote. I vote to to extinguish the terminology guilty pleasure. You know what? Because I think we should just like what we like. You're absolutely and right. Not feel guilty about it. You're right. Because what's wrong with liking something that's popular or that's funny or silly mm-hmm. or There's that's not popular or exactly. You're right. Okay. <laughs> so I was just watching an old, very tropey. Lighthearted. Uh-huh. Um, because, well, okay, first I was like, oh, I'm up so early I can get stuff done and then I can live watch Marashla this morning. And then I was mm-hmm. like, Kristen, you dummy, you know you can't. You're recording a podcast. <laughs> um, and then I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I love Hyundai. I love Barack. I'm going to watch their DZ that's like seven years old. So, yeah, I'm on like episode four of Ash Glufton on Lamaze. and. Nice. Out of like 31 episodes. So clearly I can't speak for the entirety of the series. But so far, it has been cheesy and tropey in like the best ways. And they're both so beautiful. Like nobody – they have 
They have eyes. Are they powering the whole set with the wind generated from their eyelash? from their eyelashes? <laughs> yes, their eyelash chemistry. And listen, nothing's even happened between them yet because we're only four episodes in, so there hasn't even okay. been like a kiss or anything. But they've had a few, you know, the DZ close proximity type mm-hmm. of situations. And I'm like, nobody will ever have eyelash chemistry the way they do because no. I don't know if you've noticed. I've been making up chemistry phrases. Well, with the help I of have. with the help of. Um, Two girls in a DZ, actually. Um, they sort of will tweet something and then I'm like, oh my gosh, look at that. We need now we need to make a hashtag of this forehead chemistry. <laughs> or my more recent one was olfact olfactory chemistry. So like now we have John and his wolf sniff. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Which somebody quoted you and was like, the wolf sniff. <laughs> um <laughs> Because it's uh, – she just, like, binged through all of our EK episodes, so they're, like, okay. really fresh in her head. So it was really cute. Um, that is cute. But, yeah, so I was like, oh, man, I'm going to have to make a thread of their eyelash chemistry as I watch this show. Nice. But, yeah, like, so far there's been, you know, um, accidental touching moments. Mm. And every time they, like, have a moment where they're, like, staring at each other, you know, and everything slows down, the mm-hmm. theme sto- the theme song starts playing and it goes, ah, Lofton on Le Mans. <laughs> and, like, <it's> so <laughs> and like they were doing this paint thing and she was like it was like hand painting on a wall but he uh-huh. instead of him just hand painting he walks directly behind her and like puts his of arms course. like over uh-huh it's like <laughs> just all this deliciously cheesy stuff they're like having a cooking competition and she accidentally brushes his hand when she goes to grab the tomato <laughs> like it's just oh my gosh and he's super starchy he doesn't eat sweets he's the boss he's so focused on work um his, he lost his mom at a young age and okay. i'm like oh is are you baby circumbolat like <laughs> But just with super long eyelashes. Um, anyways, so I that's so funny. It is. I but saw so. this. I saw this meme the other day, and or it was a little comic strip that somebody mm-hmm. had drawn, and then the the caption said "rom coms be like," and it's <laughs> uh, these two people standing up, and she drops something, and they both, <laughs> they're like, "Oh, sorry," and they both reach down to get it, uh-huh. and they smack heads, uh-huh. and, then one, and then one of them goes. Well, I guess we're in love now. <laughs> and the other one, the other one says something like, "Oh yeah, you bet." And then the next, the next little picture of them is at an altar getting married. <laughs> That's so accurate. Oh my gosh. Oh, this is really good. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's funny. Oh man. There's this scene that happens in like I want to say it's like the first episode of ALA and this the elevator slows down and then all of a sudden you find out Hande's character has claustrophobia, but she didn't have oh. it. She didn't just have it from being in the elevator. It was just when it like slowed down and it seemingly was like going to stop. Oh, okay. And of course she's stuck in there with Barack and they've yeah. already met it kind of reminds me of um, the opening scene from Bayonlish where they, like, have all these run-ins ahead of time. Mm, and yeah, then yeah. when they meet, they're like, you and it, you. Yeah. So they kind of have a thing <laughs> like that. So they're in this elevator and she starts to panic. And mm-hmm. he's he's such a jerk. He's like, well, I know what to do for a situation like this, but you're not going to like it because they, like, hate each other basically already. Uh-huh. Yeah, and um, but she's still kind of eventually – she's, like, freaking out. So he just grabs her 
And he like yanks her to him, but it almost looks like Hyundai wasn't fully expecting it because there's kind oh, of like gosh. an oof when they, like when he like grabs her and then all of a sudden he starts like petting her hair and like all this stuff. And it made me laugh because I'm like, listen, anyone who wanted to hate on the elevator scene in Central Kapama, sorry, uh, this was a yeah. way less a accurate depiction. Uh-huh. But uh, mate, of course, wonderful because they're all close and he's like sniffing her hair and she's like all comforted against his chest. And oh, my gosh. Anyways, it's cr- it's crazy seeing the stuff even. OK, we're like way off track. But, it's all right. Uh, Eric and I were watching TV <laughs> A couple weekends ago, and we don't have cable, but we were house-sitting for my sister, and they mm. have cable. So we're, like, flipping through the channels, and Lethal Weapon is on. I think mm-hmm. Lethal Weapon 2 was on. Mm-hmm. How many? There's, like, Eric, how many of those? There's, like, 12 of those, aren't there? I know. Who even knows? I haven't seen any of them. And Mm-mm. Eric was like, oh, you've never seen? He's like, all right, we're going to watch this. So Mel Gibson is in a grocery store with <laughs> this cute blonde girl, and he's talking to her. And he's trying to convince her to leave with him. And Kristen, it's so problematic. Oh, no. He doesn't take no for an answer. And he's just – but it's – you can tell it's supposed to be charming and like, oh, Mm -hmm. of course she can't say – of course she can't say no to him because he's Mel Gibson or whatever his name is. Mm -hmm. Yes. And he grabs her – she has a little hand cart. He grabs it from her and he's like, come on, come on. He's like pulling, pulling. Come <gasps> on, just come with me. Just come with me. Sorry. <laughs> I threw my tissue right over my candle. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I just blew my nose off. Uh, you guys don't know that. But then I just kind of tossed my tissue and I have a candle <laughs> burning and it like landed right on the like, like right over the top of the candle jar. <laughs> oh, my gosh. While you were telling that story. We Sorry. Anyways. It an emergency oh my gosh anyway so he he yanks her out of the store so he he's grabbing the cart and then he he successfully gets it out of out of her hand and then he's like help this lady won't stop bothering me and he he basically grabs her bodily and exits the store with her the whole time as she's saying no (laughs) oh my gosh i'm like what is going on here and eric's like yeah this is messed up like but listen, listen, if that was in a romance novel, we'd be like, carry her out of there, uh, you alpha male. <laughs> I know. I guess I guess seeing it like that on yeah. screen. And if if she had just relented and was like, okay, ha, ha, ha. All right. That would have been a different story. But she kept saying no. <laughs> I'm like, oh my okay, just change the dialogue a little bit, people. Uh-huh. Have her be like, oh, ha, ha, you're so funny. Sure, right. let's go. Or you savage, what are you doing? Like, Yes. Mm-hmm. I, so it, it was oh just my seeing it like that. Maybe we can – that specific scene i was just like this feels very problematic no i get it i mean and i think we've i'm sure we've talked about this countless times before but you know we obviously or we and by we i mean specifically you and i because we can't speak for everyone but right right there are so many things in fiction that we absolutely love or like root for that in real life if we saw it happening or knew it was happening to our friend or whatever like we or ourselves we would never stand for it yeah Um, give me a break okay i read i was reading one of the series that i just finished uh the guy is so protective of this girl is it from blood nash yes okay because that was just on sale for $1.99 so i have the first one on my kindle you need to get it 
I know. You I did get it. Throne of Glass first. I know. <laughs> but listen, I just got an I just got an arc in the mail. I wasn't expecting for another fantasy series. Um, I was very excited because it's from Amy Harmon and it's her book that's oh. coming out, The Second Blind Son. It comes out next month. Okay. Um, but it's the second. I didn't she wrote fantasy. She writes like all across the gamut. Like it's because she writes historical, she writes contemporary. Um, but and she has I, I think two fantasy series because oh, wow. the, they're this one's called The Second Blind Son. It comes out July twentieth, but the book before it is The First Girl Child. So. Okay. I'm like, okay, I need to read that, which is that one's been next on my Amy Harmon list anyways, but now it's just really next because I'm like, well, now I have this arc, um, which I'm excited about. But then she has another one. I She has another one called like the oh, – and of course now I can't think of it. But it's like got another – very the cover and the title looks very fantasy, but I don't think it's okay. connected to this one. So, okay. yeah. Um, and it's got really great reviews on Goodreads. Nice. Um so I'm excited. So I, I'm going to dive into those next. Um, yeah. Yeah. But Marianne is reading from Blood and Ash right now. So is she? <laughs> Good. Well, yeah. So yeah. I bought I bought that on Kindle because it was a buck ninety nine, and I was like, I know Ashley's reading this, so it's probably going to be one she's going to tell me I need to read it's too. So, um, really so anyway, so sorry. What was he doing though? <laughs> no, there's just a moment in the series where he literally rips a guy's heart out of his chest. <gasps> And a, I was that's like, amazing. Yes. <laughs> is it murder like, or why is it love? Why is this so hot? <laughs> because it's a fantasy series, so it's because absolutely it's allowed to be hot. I mean, yeah, never in real life would that be anywhere near acceptable, of course. But imagine. Fake. I know, imagine I know. some guy shows up on your doorstep and, and I, he's like, this man offended you. <laughs> Here's his heart and his like bloody hand is just holding this human organ. I would be like, I'm calling the police. <laughs> Please back away from oh the door. My gosh. <laughs> and I'm not always. I it's <laughs> it's a totally new situation for me to be this into kind of the anti-hero. I mean, I've always loved a protect a protective hero, but kind of the alpha i don't always go for the the big alphas mm-hmm. um but yeah lately, you love the cinnamon rolls lately that's I mean, doing it for me uh-huh and i'm like where are the murdery heroes please <laughs> so give you, me more <laughs> you know what you need to read then you need to read kerrigan burns um uh victorian rebel series i do and and more than one person has told me that um but now I'm going through all these books with mm-hmm. with the girls. And so oh, yeah, I've yeah. been caught up in reading those. And I'm not reading super fast right now because Senchal Kapama is back. I haven't I been reading started... super fast all year. It's really sad. Yeah. So I just started Circe by Madeline Miller. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really good. And it's fun because it's a retelling of a Greek myth. So, I was, that's yeah. so funny. I was just commenting on a Facebook post about retellings and I was like, I love retellings, especially mm-hmm. when they're of Beauty and the Beast. Like that's my favorite kind of retelling. Um, anyways. Um, well, yeah, Kerrigan Byrne, her Highwayman or her Highwayman series. That's the name of the first book. Highwayman. It's not, yeah, it's not the Highwayman series. It's the Victorian Rebels. But, mm-hmm. and I am only like halfway through, but the second one, oh my gosh, he's super murdery. 
<laughs> and I love it. It's right in my wheelhouse. I mean, like, he's super murdery. Like, listen, he's hired I to want- kill the heroine, actually. Oh, that's great. That's, but I'll, then, I'll love it. Uh-huh, you're going to love it. <laughs> I mean, then I he love falls the Darkling. Love. Give me all of the Darkling. Give me – I'm just – yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, well, I'm he falls in it. love with her and he's, like, pissed about it. <laughs> oh, I love that. It's and so good. like – what are these? What is this thing that I'm feeling? What's, what's Why happening? Why is my chest am aching? I, am Why? I sick? Am I dying? As Hannah says <laughs> from Hannah Hart's disease or also Hannah Hart's romance, um, is it a stomach ache or is it love? Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Anyhow, now that we've talked about <laughs> things that we accept in fiction and not reality for 16 uh, minutes, um, welcome to Dizzy for Dizzy. <laughs> if you're new around here, I'm Kristen. I'm Ashley. And we're covering Central Kapama Volume 41 today. Um, right. I do have a smidge of housekeeping um, because I – Well, I didn't miss it, but I couldn't – I wasn't fully sure on the identification of the flower that Sarakon was twirling last week. Oh, yeah, yeah. But the general consensus is that it's a dandelion. That's Um, what it looked like. Yeah. It looked a little paler than one, but then I thought, well, just because dandelions where I live are bright yellow doesn't mean dandelions everywhere else are bright yellow. Yeah. Yeah. So Willa, who I was was texting you about her last night um, on Twitter, she's – She's definitely our people. She loves Aisha. She just like devours and gobbles up symbolism. Um, so she sent me like, <clears throat> excuse me, all this stuff about the dandelions. And she's like, you're really going to like this. Um, so because it also has a connection to Apollo. So because, you know, he was twirling that thing and it like focused in on it a lot. It like did. I felt like it ha- like it felt very purposeful. Yeah. So. Um, overall, the dandelion generally symbolizes happiness, joy, um, health, power, perseverance, endurance. And it is also said to represent the sun's power, good wishes, hope, and prosperity. More specifically, the yellow flowers resemble the sun, the white seeds resemble the moon, and the dispersing seeds resemble the stars, mm. which I thought was really cool. Yeah. Um, and so it says dandelions are sometimes called... I'm sorry, dandelions are sometimes associated with Bellinus, the Celtic god of the sun. It is also believed that Apollo, the Greek god of the sun in medicine, had the dandelion as one of his medicinal healing plants. Interesting. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I want to make sure I point that out. And then someone else sent – let me see if I screenshotted correctly. Um, So Melly on Twitter tagged me in somebody else's tweet. From a gr- from someone named Sarita, and sh- uh, she tweeted, "P.S. On my third watch of episode forty, I noticed cactus symbols in a few scenes, and I thought I'd share. Edda had it in her on her work desk. It was on Karaz's bedroom door, on the bed, um, be- and they symbolize strength, protection, motherly love, and the ability to survive in harsh conditions." Oh, that's so cool. I thought so too. So I was like, I'm definitely mentioning those since those aren't anything we brought up last week. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, I mean, you know, all of our flower. Of course, yeah. All of our floral meanings are back. Um, so I wanted to touch on those. And then I think um, – oh, and then there was one more thing Willa had sent, and it was from episode 40 when um, when, when Edda was like, Karam, what are you planting? 
why are you planting lavender? I told you yeah. to plant cherry laurels. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, you did it. Like, and then, you know, she's like, oh, my gosh, my mistake. So those also have a special uh, place in ancient and Greek – in ancient Greek and Roman cultures. One of the stories about the laurel tree in Greek mythology tells us about Apollo, mm-hmm. one of the most powerful gods, and his love for the beautiful nymph Daphne. Apollo once ridiculed Eros, the god of love, for carrying a bow and arrow, saying that they were meant to be carried only by those who were worthy of them. In a state of anger, Eros shot Daphne, the nymph, with an arrow the, – uh, the nymph, sorry, with an arrow that provoked hatred and dislike and shot Apollo with an arrow that triggered intense love within him. Apollo was filled with love for Daphne, who spurned his advances for a long time. As Apollo followed her and almost caught up with her thanks to Eros, she pleaded with her father to help so that she could escape him. Her father turned her into a tree so that Apollo could no longer marry her. Mm -hmm. The heartbroken Apollo vowed to take care of her forever and to keep her safe from all danger. He also declared that her leaves would be used in crowns and granted her eternal youth and immortality, which is why the laurel tree is an evergreen one. And the Greek name for the Loris nobilis is Daphne. Nice. Yeah. So, um, and there's, you know, there's a few other things you can read about it if, you know, if you guys want to dig deeper on that. But I just really like those. And um, so thank you, Willow, for catching that and sharing it with me and chatting with me um, on Twitter yesterday. So. Cool. I think that's all my housekeeping. Do you have any? Um, Just a quick little correction from last week. Oh, okay. Um, We didn't think that the post-it that Eda gives Serkan with her phone number was shaped like a star, but it actually was. So she didn't, in fact, she didn't write Yulda's on there. The post-it itself was actually shaped like a star. Okay. And that was my original thinking. And then we were like, no, everybody's saying it's because. It wasn't super clear. Right. But somebody posted a, a very well-timed screenshot of nice. her handing it over and it's very obviously a star. So a star. Like, okay. So that was the reveal of All right. that her she's still Yilda's without right. her explicitly saying it. Yes. So I thought I would just correct that. Because he says Yilda's meaning like haha star post it, but then she says Edda Yilda's uh-huh. and then yeah. that's the clear, you know. Yep. All right. Yes, good. Thank you for clarifying that. Because yeah, we got a little fangirly over the whole like he was so excited that that's her last name. Mm-hmm. So it so, was still a reveal. Yes, not the way we thought. Right. Yeah. yeah totally. All okay. right. So should we dive in? Yes, let's do it. Oh, I'm sorry. One more thing. I wanted to say thank you to DZ Law. We wanted to thank them for inviting us to be a part of their Guzelle Awards. Yeah. Uh, we got to present, if mo- most of you probably already seen it already, but we got to present the um, award for best fandom uh for their (laughs) for their awards and that was obviously very exciting and close to us because as you all know senchal kapama won not shockingly this fandom is insane in some of the best and craziest ways um so thank you for letting us be a part of that we had so much fun um and it was just really cool to watch the whole ceremony and um and get to be a part of it and of course um Eva of the DZ Spell hosted, and she did job. such a great job. Um, so shout out to the lovely host this year. Yeah. So we just, I just wanted to make sure we acknowledge that because I'm very appreciative of DZ Law and everything they do for the DZ community. 
honestly so much they do so much yeah all right so we're back in the chaos and uh we we get pretty much the whole scene again of everybody slowly gathering to that little area to yeah, the it, cafe area. It wasn't like the last 30 seconds. It was like no, the whole five minutes of the scene was. from the week before. Yeah. So everybody slowly shows up. We get the reveal of little Kiraz saying Anne and then running up. And who saves the day but Melo? Melo, <laughs> best friend, sweet baby angel, deserving mm-hmm. of all the good things. Melo. Yeah. So the I thought it was a, co- a couple interesting things. Um, so Melo claims Kiraz as hers, and mm-hmm. then she claims that Burak is her husband because Idon's like, "Well, where is your husband?" Uh-huh. And she's like, "Oh, right there. This is him." Because it's completely impossible to have children without husbands. Yes, of course. Yeah, how how could you possibly? Um, and then Pearl kind of calms everybody down because Idon starts spouting stuff off about ill-bred children and all mm-hmm. and Sercon too right aren't they like just being little brats about the situation well yeah he because he's just like oh well that explains why she's basically everywhere and all over the place and yeah of like, course why she's a feral child yeah and of course Ed uh, <laughs> takes offense mm-hmm. again mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's like she's a free child like <laughs> <laughs> yeah so Pearl for the win, she calms everybody down. Is like, hey, let's let's not worry about this right now. Yeah, let's um, pe- let people raise their children the way they raise them. Exactly, yeah. exactly. I just can't. Re- I think I even wrote it a bunch of times here. Like, I'm so grateful for Pearl this season. Like, she Me too. The glow up and everything that hap- that she's become in the last five years. I'm I love it. I love how close she is to Edda. I, I love how protective she clearly is of Edda and Karaz. Yeah. While still being a friend to Sercon. Like she saves the day so many times. I yeah, I just love her. So Yeah, I can t- it's it's very clear she's gonna be a big asset this season. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm really enjoying that. Me too, because we deserve to see more of Bashak. Like, yeah. she's very talented, so I'm glad we're finally getting to see more of her character. Yeah, and more more growth with her character mm-hmm. specifically. So, Serkan, of course, refuses to leave <laughs> because shocking. he can't leave. Yeah, because he shocking, can't leave. Shocking. Um, so, Ada is like, okay, can we need to talk? please mm-hmm. and Serkan being just a little but he's such he, a he brat think. this episode he's like, hmm, let me think and, and it's like of course bro he says yes we know inside you're like i know you're Jumping like for joy yeah and telling yourself to call to saki all mm-hmm. um so yeah <laughs> <laughs> so that you don't seem too eager yeah and thank heavens an- another winner this episode and probably this season, I have a feeling, is Kimal Bay because he oh, calms down yes. stupid Idon and Ifair and he's like, ladies, can you we just let them talk and be adults and mm-hmm. just leave them be? Because they start freaking out. And of course Safey's like, Yes, let let them go talk. Maybe they'll get back together. The captain <laughs> of our ship. Safey. So, so good. So good. Well but and I, love, I loved okay. that Kimal's like, guys, just let 
can you just let them talk? Yeah. Back off. Yeah, because they are not school children who you no. need to intervene for. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. So she asks if they can talk. Um, and they kind of go off to the side. And while Kimmel's doing all his stuff with uh, A squared bickering and all of that, um, he realizes, too, that Idon is not just hiding their relationship from Serkan. She right. hasn't even made it known to Ifair. Like, yeah. Purposely, not just because we haven't talked in five years, but she, like, goes out of her way to not make it a thing. And yeah. he's like, you're not, like, even Ifair can't know? Like, what is this? Like, because, you know, her excuse has been Serkan, Serkan, Serkan. Right. But what does that have to do with Ifair knowing whether or not they're an item? Yep. And then she's just going on about the florist girl being back in our lives, blah, blah, blah. And I love this because, again, just, oh, God bless him. He mm-hmm. says... I'm sorry. I don't understand why you're so angry at her. Sarah, from what I understand, Sarkon told her to leave. She did what he asked. Yep. Now, this next thing she says is one of the first clues of what we're – what I'm assuming we're going to get from Sarkon's perspective at some point. Right, right. Because she says, I know my son. He said that with his tongue, not his heart. Yep. And basically after she left, he locked himself away for months in his house, didn't come out, all this stuff. And I wrote in parentheses, oh, and how does that feel, Idon? Because mm-hmm. I still haven't forgiven her for keeping Serkan from Edda for two months and letting Edda yeah. lock herself away and not for months. eat for months because she mm-hmm. thought he was that missing Serkan and was dead. dead. Right. Yep. So part of me is like, mm, yeah, I don't feel sorry for you that you had to watch your son go through that. Because yep. you put Edda through that same thing. Um, so anyways, so that was just something I noticed was like a little like, hmm, okay, we're getting a little clue here as right. to maybe what was going through Serkan's brain at the time and right. what what his true intentions were with his, for lack of a more proper phrase, assholery um, right. <laughs> after his recovery. So yeah. I, I thought that was I, – I agree. I agree. So uh, Burak asks – we get a quick uh, conversation with him asking Melo about Serkan, and she kind of just tells him, hey, it's not my story to tell. If you want to ask anything about Serkan Bola, you need to ask Eda. Yeah. Um, so then we get a quick Ed Serk conversation, and <laughs> <laughs> I was laughing just because – I'm sorry. Were you not thinking Lego my ego during this whole <laughs> conversation? The Americans in yeah. me was like, I cannot hear this. Hear As the pronunciation ego? Uh-huh. Of, of ego in Turkish and not think of ego, ego waffles. waffles. Yes. <laughs> because, of course, in Turkish, ego is pronounced ego. ego. And Eda just keeps saying she, it. Yeah, because she's accusing Serkan. She's like, I know why you're not leaving. It's because of your huge ego that you mm-hmm. can't let do anything else. Right. You can't accept or imagine that somebody forgot or moved on exactly. from you. Mm-hmm. She's like, I can see the truth here, okay? So if you will just be honest and admit this, then everything will be fine. Uh, but, of course, she keeps saying ego, 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 ego. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And he's he's taunting her like, listen, if you're just afraid to work with me, just admit it, Edda. And she's like, yeah. I'm not I don't work for you or with you. I'm my own mm-hmm. boss. And I was like, yes, queen. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they're bickering. She kind of steps away. 
she calls Perel, who's uh-huh. with Engen. So she's like, oh, Elif, Hanum. Like, uh-huh. uh, and then Serkan calls Engen. Uh-huh. And we and, get a whole parallel conversation. Yes. And she's like, he can't accept that I forgot him. And he's like, there's no way she forgot me. Like, <laughs> and oh my gosh, it's just funny. Um, yeah. Because like yeah parallel conversations but clearly the total opposite ideas she's like he just needs to leave and he's like i need to stay and figure out if she still has feelings for me you know like just all this yep. stuff and or of course the same situation where they're both thinking clearly different they're yeah. both seeing this situation in clearly different ways mm-hmm. and it's showing again yes so um yeah and of course they're both being good friends Ankin's like Sarkon. Come on. And Peril's like, I'll do everything I can to, like, get him back to the office. I'm sorry. Yes. Like, you know how he is, you know. So uh, we get a quick over to Denise basically interacts with I- – basically, Idon's looking for an excuse to stay because Kimal's, like, done with her right now. Right. And she's like, so I can't just stay at this hotel. Well, she winds up offering to basically redesign – do the interior design and update it. And Denise right. is like, oh, my gosh, I'll have the whole Bolat team, blah, blah, blah. So now mm-hmm. she has a, quote, valid excuse to stay at the hotel. Right. This next scene, um, if you have the screenshots, I'll have you read them. But bef- I loved – when you're done reading them, I want to read something that someone named Rebecca sent us about that scene because I really oh. liked it. Okay. Um, okay. So I, – I do. So um, Sir Khan is brooding and he's walking <laughs> through the forest. <laughs> Thinking about Eda, uh-huh. and he's d- obviously distracted, and he sees this ball, and he grabs it, and he's like, "What the heck is this?" And he tosses it. <laughs> so then we we pan over to little Kiraz, and she finds the ball, and she's like, "Oh, look at this!" And she's all happy about it. So he comes across her, and she tells him that he needs to apologize <laughs> because he ruined his house, her houses that she built. And because uh, he's like, what are you doing here? And she's like, well, I'm distracted. And he says, well, I am too. So he comes down and joins her. She tells him to apologize. And, and he sees her little Lego set up and mm-hmm. the stuff that she built. So he sa- asks her, did you build these houses alone? And she's like, what? It's as easy as shelling pears, which I was like, that's interesting English because. Mm-hmm. Well, and like all three of the translations said that and our. Uh, the sub the really good subs or we'll probably drop again while we're recording this morning so we haven't been able to see them from that and that's one thing i forgot to ask because i did ask willa and Miriam both about a couple of things okay in this episode to clarify but that was one i forgot to ask like is shelling pears a thing or does she mean more like shelling pistachios because like or sunflower seeds because like that would make more sense to me but anyways yeah so she She's kind of like, it's no big deal. And he says, hey, listen, it's still very, very nice. And he says, very good for someone your age. You work better than Erdem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then she is not to be distracted. And she says, you still haven't apologized to me. And oh, he's I like, love really? it. Really? And he's like, okay, fine. Forget it. Um, and then, <laughs> of course, of because course. of whose daughter she is. Because he is just kind of like, okay, you really, ugh, you know, forget it. And she's like, no, finish it. I don't like unfinished sentences. And he says, okay, listen. And he gets down to her level, (laughs) which actually is very good if you're dealing with children. It's better to get down to their level so you're talking eye to eye with them. Yes. And he says, 
sorry. Okay? (laughs) (laughs) He says, sorry for destroying your houses, but my advice to you is to not be around me anymore. And he's like, and so he gets up and he walks away and she's like, I'll see you again, Sir Conbola. (laughs) And he says, I don't think so. And he leaves. So I would love to hear all of their interactions are just Listen, Karem and Maya, Karem and kids just in general are, I love, I love it. Like. So good. You don't get to see a really great example of it in Sheriff Messelesi because he's just a total jerk and like wants nothing to do with his child um for a long time but in um in Boucher here Arkandan uh Gelijek, he um there's a kid that's a side character and their interactions are all, are very cool when he was in Mutashemi Kili with uh that little boy oh my gosh they like they were so cute with their behind the scenes and like yeah, he just has a natural – I feel like he must be a lot like Jason. Like, kids just flock to Jason. Mm, yeah, kids yeah. and dogs. Um, they love him. And I feel like that's probably Karem, like, because I think I'm he's sure. just such a kid at heart. Yeah. Um, and that really shows through. Even even with Serkan being all, bye, I hate kids. Like, oh, it, I know. you can't help but see that still shine through. Um, anyways, Rebecca, um, who is – Becca on Instagram with lots of A's and H's. Um, she said, I hope you ladies spot the metaphor that Serkan and Kiraz are talking about in the beginning of the episode in the forest with the ball in the house. Kiraz keeps telling him that he destroyed her home, a.k.a. their family. And Serkan says he won't apologize because he didn't know she was there, a.k.a. him being her father and having no knowledge of it. So, yeah, so I mm hmm so good so i was like oh i gotta read that because it's true it really is a good parallel where he's like well i didn't see you there like mm-hmm. yeah anyways yeah <sighs> so, so um where are we um i i think we get a little karam and pina that's right yeah they yes they're they're just kind of bickery and adorable after this episode he keeps calling her princess because mm-hmm. you know she's she didn't – because they had a run-in and she got dirty and she got mad. And he's yes. like, oh, sorry. I didn't realize you're a, I was dealing with a princess. Right. So he thinks she's spoiled because – Well, and the fact that she's she Serkan's cousin. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And he's like, well, I'm a hard worker. <laughs> I'm from the streets kind of a thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> I didn't go to college. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so he's kind of taking that as an opportunity to needle her every time he sees her. Right. It bugs her and she's like, I'm going to prove to you that I'm here to work this summer. I'm not here just to hang out. And then by the end of the episode, she proves it to him by planting the stuff with him. Yeah, she helps him plant and stuff. All is happy. So that's kind of their little aside yes. throughout this whole episode. They're very cute. I really I like that they're just mm-hmm. they don't have a ton of screen time, but like right. I adore them enough that I'm like rooting for them and I wanna yes. like see them get together. Um so yeah, that was a good summary of uh their roles this episode. Mm-hmm. So uh Pina then goes off to, like, do the work she came here for. She can't find Serkan. So she runs into Edda and asks, like, have you seen Serkan Bay? Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, uh, yeah, he's not here right now. He had to go back. Um, he 
I don't know what she says because I didn't catch that screenshot. Basically, he's not he's not around at that very moment. Yeah. And she's like, by the way, because she sees that she's dirt. She sees that she's got like a stain on her shorts. She's like, right. Sirkon will not like if he sees that stain. And she's like, I know on my first day, I really wanted to look better. I'm an art life um, intern. And she says, oh, really? I also once worked there. Mm-hmm. And she's like, really? She's like, can you advise? Can you give me some advice? <laughs> it does this. Kosh. Uh-huh. <laughs> run, child, run. And she's like, uh, what? She's like, turn around and run. If you love yourself, go far away. <laughs> and she's like, I'm sorry. It just says, it just says, trust me, you'll thank me later. And Pina starts to go, well, actually, but Edda just keeps going. She's like, yeah, I know you have a big dream because Sarah Khan Bullard is a famous architect and it's an honor to work with him. But you know, what, what was your name? She says, Pina. She says, you know, Pina, if you give a hand to this person, you'll lose your entire shoulder. She's like, he blinds you, intoxicates your mind. I don't know. He'll take over your whole life. Uh, he won't stay, but he won't go away. Mm-hmm. Everything revolves around him. Even a bird can't fly without his permission. <laughs> and she's like, and believe me, he's smart and cruel. He'll deceive you like a killer, like a serial killer. <laughs> she says, okay, run. You're welcome. <laughs> and then... And then that's when Serkan walks up, right? And he's uh-huh. like, Pina Jim. And then he's like, oh, you've her. met Edda. This is my yeah. cousin. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then Edda's like, oh, great. Super. This oh, is my gosh. perfect advice to give to this girl. So <laughs> that was a that was a funny, funny scene. I did appreciate that scene, though. Mm-hmm. Um, so Do we want to talk about Aidan and Kemal? And, yes. And get that all over with and sure. how Aidan gets her just desserts and it was just lovely to see. Oh, yes. Tell us <sighs> all about it, Ashley. So she, in her desperation to stay close to Kimal, gets that position and then she runs off t- to tell Kimal, thinking that he's going to be so thrilled. What? And how would she think I- that? When all he's literally said is, I want you to tell your son about us. Your grown adult son who actually does not have any rights to any feelings about a relationship that you have. That's literally all Kemal wants. They have been together for for five five years. That is a long time. That is a long time to be with someone and refuse to acknowledge the relationship to your son. Mm -hmm. Your closest familial relationship. The mm-hmm. only familial relationship you have anymore. Yeah. Because do you refuses. think Altakine is still in jail? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> he, <laughs> I mean, who cares? But yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking, has he been in jail this whole time? Has Baba Ane just kind of kept him there? <laughs> maybe. Yeah, maybe. Because they're off doing whatever they're doing. Right. Anyway, sorry. And keep going. she's got revenge on the brain always. So. Mm-hmm. Um. So just to put that in perspective, she that's literally all this poor man wants. So they, it's all just kind of a song and dance the whole time. She writes Sarkhan a letter 
there's a whole misunderstanding with the letter because Melo finds it. She thinks that Ada wrote the letter to tell Serkan about Kiraz. The the letter yeah. makes its way through Yeah, Ada thinks Denise character. wrote it because she has clear interest uh-huh. in Serkan. Yes. Safi winds up getting it and thinking that Kimal, that Kimal wrote it. when And he's like, I know you want her to tell him, but was this the way? And it does wind up back in the hands of Idon. And we'll get to that scene. Because that's like one of the final scenes with yeah with them, yeah. But but she and then she rips it up yeah. because she's just frustrated and, then and she's she like, "This is like, a sign. It's a sign that um that I shouldn't be telling him if it's this difficult." And yeah, I love Kimal because he's like, "Oh, you want a sign? Yeah, <laughs> here's your sign." And he gets up and he leaves. <laughs> so oh boy, their final scene is essentially. They go in to talk to Serkan. Uh, I'm sorry, yeah. Safi and Aidan mm-hmm. go in to talk to Serkan because Aidan has been noticing some things and she wants to spill the tea to Serkan. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll cover this later. But she starts to do this and Serkan <laughs> doesn't want to hear it. He's mm-hmm. like, I don't care. Why, why are you coming to me with this stupid information? <laughs> why are you still here? <laughs> and she starts to use Kimal as an as an example of like, look, well, what if you saw the same thing with me and, mm-hmm. oh, I don't know, Kimal Bay, And then Sarah Khan finally has had enough. And he mm-hmm. says, okay, look, are, you're telling me this. Are you trying to just say that you and Kimal Bay have something going on? He literally lays out the perfect uh-huh. opportunity for her. He hands it to her. And continues to give her chances when she's like, oh, uh-huh. ooh, what? No. And he's like, mom. She's like, no, it's a cool. He's like, I always see you two together. Right. The, how have there been this many coincidences in five years? Mom, just tell me. I will sit here and be quiet and I will listen and let you. T-. Like, he he sets the table. He so puts easily. the food on it. He, I mean, the only thing she needs to do is stick the fork in her mouth uh-huh. and, like, finish it. But mm. does she? No. No. No, she does she not. Does. And you know who overhears her with her full-fledged denial? Kim Albay. Sweet angel baby Kim Albay. Brutal. So brutal. Can you imagine? Mm-hmm. You're dating somebody for five years. For and five then they are years. saying to your face that they're finally going to tell whoever they're supposed to tell. She's finally going to tell her son. And then you walk in. You're like, awesome. I get to see this happen in real time. Mm-hmm. She's going to stand she, up for our love. Uh-huh. And she outright denies over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. I'm still not convinced that he doesn't know. Uh-huh. Me too. I, I really think he's like waiting for especially because of the tone he used with her about it yes like like mom are you serious right now are right. you really gonna tell me that there's nothing going on right yeah. yeah so i'm still not convinced that he doesn't know i think he's just waiting for her to tell him so that he can mm-hmm. be like yeah no freaking kidding and then be like but now I'm pissed at you because it took you this long to tell me and you want me because you know the irony of her being like, my son doesn't keep things from me, I fair. Right. Like, you know what I mean? She's all but snooty she, about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. so. That, <laughs> that's their situation. Kimal yes. walks out. We don't see him again. And I fair is 
desolate because she lost her man, who she deserved to lose. Who she deserved to lose. Acting that way and rejecting Mm -hmm. him and denying a relationship with him after five years. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yep. Yep. So that's their storyline. Yes. So um, then Serkan asks to talk with Denise. Because mm-hmm. now he he's stated he's planning on sticking around to work there on site, not remotely. And he's like, I'm going to need an office. And did you notice Denise talks to, like, her – whoever that assistant person is? And she's like, clear out your office. He needs one. Like, yes. basically, get yours ready for him. <laughs> like, good you Lord. Give you it don't need comment. an office. Yeah. So – Meanwhile, Poderol is trying to get him back to the office to no avail. Yeah. She's like, we have Desperately. other, you know, we have other clients. We needed this, we needed that. And he's like, yeah, I can work remotely and you're there. And Angan can come in if you need to. Like, I have employees to take care of this is essentially what he's saying. So it's not working. Um, and so then he's like, okay, Denise on him, like, I have something important to discuss with you. So clearly he's got a plan and an idea. They start to talk, but we don't quite see that conversation yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, – we sneak over to Melo, Edda, and Ifair. They're kind of discussing this whole Kira situation now and the whole fake right. maternity and paternity claims. And, <clears throat> excuse me, Karaz runs up at one point and um, Edda's like, hey, honey, we're still going to keep playing that game. Remember when we we're being funny and pretending that Melo's your mom? And, she, and I love it because Karaz uses the situation to her advantage. Right that mm-hmm. second, because she's like, oh, so Melo's my mom. Uh, Melo Ane, can I have ice cream? And, of course, Melo's like, yes, you can have all the ice cream you want if you just stay in one spot for an yeah. hour. So I'm not having to chase you like a maniac. Yeah. Um, and it's really funny. Um, so, you know, she, Melo winds up chasing after her. And um, they're also trying to figure out, like, how and if she should tell Serkan after it's been this long. Maybe, right. you know, she should write a letter. And, of course, they're like, no, don't do that. So that contributes mm-hmm. to the whole letter confusion we mentioned earlier. Right. Um, and Barack walks up and he's like, Edda, can we talk? Because clearly he's like, what the heck is going on? And when he would had that whole run-in with Melo, you know, she's like, I don't want to lie to you. You need to talk to Edda. Yeah. Which, honestly, it's the best answer she could have given. So right. Edda's like, yes, of course, I put you in a really bad spot. We'll talk. She gets interrupted because Denise needs to talk to her. So she's like, I'll find you after. I need to deal with Denise. Mm-hmm. So Edda calls Perul and is like, listen, I need you to get Sarah Khan back in the office. And Perul's like, I tried. It's not working. And of course, because Edda knows this man, she's yeah. like, well, what if you had a client who was about to leave you and give the job to someone else? Because yeah. what does Sarah Khan hate? Losing. So mm-hmm. Pearl's like, but we don't. And Ed is like, well, I think you do. Well, wink, wink, nudge, up. nudge. Yeah. <laughs> and Pearl's like, oh, yes, I've got you. Okay, I've got this covered. So mm-hmm. that is into that works into play there. And then we finally get the scene with Denise, Edda, and Sarkhan all right. together um, in the lobby of the hotel. Right. So they're – Denise essentially is just catering to whatever Serkan wants. She she keeps throwing changes in the situation and Denise is basically the one to deliver the news and Edda has to just deal. Right. And Edda is irritated because she's like, look, I have all these plans. This was already set up to be a certain way with this job. And Denise basically tells her everything's going to be however Serkan Bola wants it to be. 
Well, and it is like, well, you already signed and approved this. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I like that she's standing her ground because, you know, she's like, no, you need to bend to me, not the other way around, you know. Right. Um, And then Sarah kind of like, you know, I'm going to leave you two to talk. But he just kind of lingers in the doorway with his smirky little grin. Um, You know. watch. And uh, get set down by Denise, essentially. Right. And, you know, because Denise is like, listen, I am going to prove myself. I – this – I – there are going to be no – these men. Yeah, there is going to be no men – author- her, her ex-husbands, her plural. Uh-huh. Um, and her dad, all these men who she's going to be like, they have no authority. This whole hotel is going to be, you know, basically something I, I did. Right. And I love it because Ed is like, oh, no, man – Except Sarkon, though, right? Uh-huh. And she's like, well, he's different. <laughs> and so she kind of walks off and Edda stands her ground. Um, mm-hmm. She tells Sarkon, listen, congratulations, but guess what? The old Edda is not in front of you anymore. Yep. And right Love then, Parole calls her and Edda's plan works like a charm. Yes. And he's like, dang it, I need to get back to the office. Like, this isn't over. And he's like, you'll come to me since I have to go there. And she's like, like hell I will. Nothing will drag mm-hmm. me to that office in Istanbul. She's like, and we can work virtually because weren't your words the further away we were from each other, the better? Like, mm-hmm. I love that she throws that back to him. Um, and so I just we're said, getting reveals of things that he said mm-hmm. or specific things that he told her when everything was really going down. Yeah. Yep. So she has her mic drop moment and that scene is mm-hmm. over. Yeah. We get a quick scene of Kiraz and Melo uh, playing hide and seek. Melo sees the letter. She takes mm-hmm. it. All of this madness happens. Uh, this is kind of how the whole letter situation yeah. starts. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Serkan sees Burak as he comes to get Kiraz. He's like, uh, oh, there's your dad. And she's like, that's Booba, not Baba. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> and she corrects him. And he and gets he that look. Thinks, well, he uh-huh. kind of gets that look on his face like, wait, what? But, right. of course, Melo's like, oh, she's just a kid. She mixes it up. Ha, ha, ha. And then she, like, forces this little family cutesy hug, hug thing. <laughs> and Barack's like, Edda, just know. Or Edda. Uh, Melo, just know if you ever get a husband, you'll be able to strangle him if you need to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So uh, more weirdness with the letter. We can kind of skip that. Yeah. Um, and then we get a big con- – the big conversation between Ida and Barack. Oh, my gosh. So, I yeah, this, was this was huge. So big. Um, So, you know, he sits down. He's like, listen, this can't just be because he's a famous architect, like, mm-hmm. that you're freaking out about all this. Like, what the heck is going on? Right. He clearly knows her well enough to understand that Ida is not going to be – cowed by just anybody right and she's not gonna react this way to most situations right so it makes sense that he would ask her about the about serkan yeah so you know she's like so serkan is kuraz's father but he has no idea Mm -hmm. she exists and he's like but that's not what you told me (laughs) yeah like you told me that the father did not want her to be born Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, he didn't really want kids. So, like, yeah, basically, essentially, that is true. He's, she's like, listen, Serkan suffered an illness. He had cancer. We spent really difficult days together. It was very hard. He was already a fixated person. 
He already has a phobia of being sick. And this disease amplified that. She's like, he became more rude and closed off. And many months later, the results of his final tests came back. So we get um, a, our first flashback. Mm-hmm. So Serkan and Eda are sitting at uh, the Bolat house. You can see that they're kind of facing out and looking at where the horses are. And Eda being Eda, she's like, hmm. I'm confident that the results are going to be great. Everything's going to be okay. And Serkan is hesitant. He says, we'll see, Eda. We don't, there's nothing known yet. We'll just have to see. So he keeps checking his watch and Edda's like, don't look at your watch. Everything's okay. And she asks, is everything okay? Because he doesn't look okay. Mm-mm. And he just kind of looks up and he says, I'm very sick. And Edda says, I've been sick since yesterday too. And he looks at her. But she says, it's probably psychological. Don't worry about it. And he says, I hope you're not pregnant. Oh. So, yeah, our first key insight to why Edda did what she did. So she responds, why would you say that? (laughs) And then they get interrupted by the doctor. The doctor says that he's really excited because he wanted to give them this news himself in person and his scans are all looking really good and everything Mm -hmm. is clear. So his cancer is in remission. Everything was successful. And of course, they're really excited and we have a really great hug between the two of them. He doesn't look fully excited though. He doesn't. She looks really excited, Mm -hmm. but he is still kind of stoic and – still looks very serious um or maybe like he doesn't shocked it. or mm-hmm. yeah so edda is already thinking about your mom my aunt we got to tell everybody this is this is amazing mm-hmm. the the girls we have to tell the whole world i told you everything would be fine and then we switch back over to her conversation with barack so and then she's you know she says and everything was fine for a while mm-hmm. i thought that everything was over that we would have good days ahead of us and then things started. Sarkhan wanted to work. So he went back to work and so did I. Mm-hmm. And then we get another flashback to them being back at work. Yes, they're in the office and Ida's working and she says, Sarkhan. He says, okay, to what, this, what is it, Ida? guts me. <laughs> so she says, do you remember the first day we kissed? And she's got stars in her eyes and she's all happy and feeling yeah. sentimental. You can tell by the look on her face. She's like at the press conference and he looking like such a little a-hole uh-huh. looks over to her and he says, yes, you mean the day you kissed me? Oh my gosh. I wanted to throat punch him so badly in this moment (laughs) he's cutting his food looking at her like she's a moron for wanting to bring up their first kiss and she cannot be discouraged because she's just in her happy feelings yeah and she's like okay yes fine but not that i was gonna say that so she says i was thinking maybe we should get married there they better get married there now like that has to happen right they're gonna get married there it right must. it has to Aisha Hanum I know you're gonna give that to us <laughs> anyways keep going so he still in his mm-hmm. mood says I don't understand 
why are you so obsessed with the wedding? We'll get married when the time is right. And the light just fades from her face. She's like immediately crestfallen. And he says, I'll determine the date. And she says, you'll, you put it off all the time. Is there something that I don't know? Okay. I think this is another clue that there is something we don't know yet. Yes. Until we're going to see it from his perspective. Yep. So. Agreed. Agreed. That's a big hint. Do you have a theory of what it is? <sighs> no. Because I, because I, 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 you go. So I think that it, basically, he was told by the doctor that because of his chemo and all this stuff, like, it would be very highly unlikely, if not impossible, for him to have have children. Mm. Yes. Like, basically, he's sterile. So, because then a lot of these next things that happen, I mean, think about it. That would make a lot of sense. How much, if you're told something like that, someone Uh who has made it clear in the past that he does want children, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, not initially, but obviously it's his relationship with Edda grew that did become something he wanted. So, it's easier – I mean, think about how much easier it is to digest information like that if you then convince yourself it's not something you wanted to begin with. Like, Well, and we know how Serkan is with control. Mm-hmm. So if if he shifts it into something that's his decision, mm-hmm. then there's a semblance of control there. Yep. Whereas if he's told that he can't have children and it's something out of his control, mm-hmm. then it's just – a bad thing and he well, has to just deal with it as something that he isn't able – he won't be able to deal with it. Right. No. Well, and on top of that, contributing to the, you know, as much as we can – we're constantly working on our own, like, weaknesses or struggles mm-hmm. or insecurities, they're always there waiting to rear their ugly heads. Of course. And yeah. we all – we know he has never thought he was worthy of Edda. We know – you know what I mean? Like – well, and with his own daddy issues, can you uh-huh. imagine the thing, the fears that come mm-hmm. to his mind when he thinks about having his own children? Right. So not only now can he not have them possibly, mm-hmm. um, but then he's also got to think about like, yeah, like bringing a kid into this world, I could potentially leave him even if I don't want to. Right. Like, you or know. maybe he's thinking, my brother – Mm-hmm. had whatever health issues my mom suffered from agoraphobia for so many years mm-hmm. i got cancer what is the what's going to happen to my child what mm-hmm. genetics are they going to inherit that could potentially ruin their life right so even without even if even if my theory is totally off base and he wasn't told mm-hmm. that even those thoughts going through his mind would be enough then for him to be like then i just don't want kids not Absolutely. not i shouldn't have them because i could all these scary things could happen to them yeah. Um, but I just don't want them because then again, that's within his control versus yep. all these things he could decision. pass on to him. Yes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, anyways. So he basically goes off on her and he says, Ada, there seems to be something that you don't know. And I don't understand how you don't understand any of this. Oh you gosh. know, I have seven huge projects that I have to prepare, seven huge international projects. And I'll spend more than a month, more than half a month abroad. And then you got it exactly right. You make me do what I can't. And when I can't do it, you'll be mad at me. So he puts it all on her. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what's wrong with you that you would possibly think that we could even get married right now? And she is stricken. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, okay, fine, whatever. 
And she's, no, I'm sorry, that's her. She says, Mm -hmm. okay, I won't mention it anymore. And he's like, yes, please. So she stands up to leave because I would do the same Uh, thing. He just chewed her out. Yeah, goodbye. Yeah. So he's like, what, aren't you going to eat? And she says, I'm already full. She pushes her chair in and she Of your BS, Sarah Khan. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Yeah, she still pushes her chair in. I love it. And of course he gets in a parting shot because he's being such a stupid jerk. He's like, we eat here in the office because you wanted to anyway. And then we switch back to Edda and Brooke. Yes. And she says, so? And then after that, he said things like, he didn't want to work with me. He said that it wasn't correct that we work in the same place. And Brock's like, why? Mm. And she's like, because I distract him, you see. So over time, I began to just work even more and even more. And then I just locked myself at home. I stayed home and I couldn't graduate from university I couldn't leave Sercon with his illness. And so I started to resent him. Then he kept postponing the date of the wedding. I began to I begin I resent him even further. Resent him even further. There you go. I didn't ask anymore. And one day, and then we fade back to oh. lunch at um the Bolots. Yeah. With Idon and Safi as well. So they're all excited. They're they're having lunch together. Um, and but Serkan is not happy that they're there. And he leans over right in front of everybody. And he's yeah, like, Yeah, he's not are... that quiet. No, not at all. <laughs> and he's like, Why are we here on my only day off? And she very calmly says, Serkan, he says, Eda, I have so much work. And she says, You need to sign a truce with your mom. So clearly there's been some sort of falling out between him mm-hmm. and Idan because she, Eda says, you haven't spoken to her for so many months. I'm so curious about that. Part of, I'm like, I, I mean, I go back and forth because, you know, most of me just wants to forget 29 through 39 ever happened. Mm-hmm. But then the other part of me wants him to like find out that she, or like, be like, wait a minute, I just realized you kept me from Edda for two months because right. I, while I was in a state of unhealth mentally, right. asked you to. And you know what I mean? Like I kind of mm-hmm. want it to be about that. Um but And it might be, who knows? And it might be, but if it isn't, I that's okay too, because honestly I'm just super curious like mm-hmm. what kept them from speaking for so many months. Especially I mean, I'm a s I'm assuming this was um, during his illness or at least maybe very quickly after his healing. Um, well, it's interesting because after they get the news about his remission, Ada mentions telling his mom. Mm-hmm. So I, that makes me curious if he was still talking to her or if that was her choice to, yeah, let, her to let her know, know that her son is okay. Um so yeah, the timing the timing could be interesting. It also sheds a little more light on why Idan is so scared to tell him about Kimal. Well, and that's what I was yeah. Of there clearly has been a strained relationship or right. was for a a, period a chunk of, of time. time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not that now it excuses five years, five years of it, but a right. little more of a like okay, something happened and you don't want whatever led to that falling out to happen again. Exactly. Exactly. So she kind of is just asking, you know, do you have plans today? Please just don't hurt 
please just don't hurt your mom. Come on, let's just have a nice lunch together. Mm-hmm. So he is polite and he says, yes, mom, thanks for the great food. And she says, oh, Afiatosin, uh, I missed mm-hmm. all the big all the big meals together. And Edda says, so do I. She said, uh, Idan says, when everyone's together, a person begins to understand the value of family. Mm-hmm. Maybe there will even be more of us someday. Maybe a little Bola will join us. And then Safi's excited, like, oh, that would be uh-huh. so cute. <laughs> Edda has a little smile on her face. Mm-hmm. And Serkan very mm. quickly poops in the punch bowl. Yes, he does. My lord. Says, in my opinion, there's no need to dream because that's never going to happen. Oh I don't want children. And the <gasps> whole mood just... <laughs> just absolutely dies. Now, listen... I feel like I need to say this because of my personal stance on children. It is okay to not want children. Yeah. We are. Totally. And, it, and it is okay to change your mind about yeah. not wanting children. Mm-hmm. What's not okay, and though. it's okay to want 12 children. Right. Right. <laughs> what is not okay, though, is to blatantly announce that in front of a crowd of people when the person you would or wouldn't have children with is very unaware of your stance or change yeah. of mind on this. Yeah, when like, you have never had that conversation yeah. with yeah. your uh-huh. <laughs> with your partner uh-huh. who is sitting next to you mm-hmm. in this very public situation. Yes, yes. So, continue. So, she's like, well, but Sir... So, Aidan continues. She says, Sir Khan, you always say that children are wonderful. You love children. Mm-hmm. Don't you want any of your own? And then Serkan explains, in the past, sure, I said mm-hmm. that, but now I don't want children. He says, okay, so let's close this topic. And then Eda, <sighs> poor Eda, she says, well, you know, Serkan, it's a shame I didn't know this until just now. And she says, because I literally just found out. And he, uh, she looks so to she looks over to Idon and mm-hmm. says, you know, it hasn't been that long long since he survived cancer, and it's only been a couple months, so this is probably a little too early to discuss it. And Serkan gets mad. Another insight. Mm-hmm. Edda, please don't talk like I'm not here. You do it all the time, and I'm warning you again. Please stop talking like I'm not here. I don't want children, okay? I don't want them. My life was already at risk, so you never know mm-hmm. what might happen. Mm-hmm. So again, we're getting insight into his fear and the things that are driving him with this whole situation. Yeah. He says to mom, therefore, I don't want children. And Edda very rightly says, and what about my opinion? Mm-hmm. Does my opinion about children matter at all? And he says, Edda, I don't want them. A child is planned by two people, Right. Well, if I don't want them, what do we do? Do we have to, you need to accept, sorry, uh, do we, the subs are really bad right here. Yeah. He basically says we need to accept it because for me, that's my decision. Mm -hmm. If you really, or if you really want, then we'll find another solution. Which which is interesting. Well, like, I felt like that was like, if you really want it, find somebody else. I thought that was more like, or I guess we'll find another solution. And it was just more like a jerky, like, yeah. Like Like maybe you need to find another man who actually wants uh, children. Because clearly that's the only 
he's not like, let's find another solution and get you uh, in vitrio <laughs> with a random sperm donor. Like, right. that's clearly not what he's suggesting. Or whatever. Yeah. 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 So she, uh, rightly so, mm-hmm. gets upset and leaves. Mm-hmm. And then, gosh, his stupid parting shots. I want to slap him. He's like, no need to exaggerate, Edda, as she's walking away. Ah. And even Idon's like, Sarkon, why did you react this way? Yeah. And he's like, I'm not a child anymore, mother. I can react however I want. Acting like a child. <laughs> and I don't want children either. As simple as that. Yeah, the irony that he's acting like a child. And I don't want to eat. And I don't want to be here. <laughs> I want to work. <laughs> yep, basically. I just want to work. Uh-huh. And I love it because Safi actually gets up and goes after Edda. Yeah. Um. So, Safie. you know, I do – yeah, I want I want us to hold on to him saying that she always talks like he's not here mm-hmm. because also in the flashback from last week, mm-hmm. he specifically says, I don't need you to be my mother. Right. And, you know, that is a very real um I don't it's not phenomenon, but I don't know what to call it, circumstance situation when you are the caretaker of your mm-hmm. sick significant other. Like it's hard to draw that line because you are their caretaker and there are certain things you need to do for them that they can't necessarily do for themselves in their situation, Mm -hmm. uh, whether that's temporary or permanent or whatever. Um, And that line can get very blurred, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I I can understand that frustration Mm -hmm. of like, I don't need you to be my parent. I don't need, you know what I mean? Like you're my husband or you're my wife or you're my boyfriend, girlfriend, et cetera. so, and another, I mean, and what's another thing that you kind of do with, as parents, like, you'll talk about your kids in third person when they're standing right there to someone else. Like, oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, this is clearly a, a thing. And, you know, um, I appreciated too, God bless Aisha and her patience. Um, someone rudely tweeted her, shocking, mm-hmm. I know, um, Basically, like, you hate Sarah Khan and you make him a villain and you oh, only love brother. Edda and blah, blah, blah. Um, anyways, I'm clearly paraphrasing what the tweet said. But mm-hmm. she replied and basically was like, we love Sarah Khan just as much. He had his reasons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so – and I do believe we're getting – we're already starting to get little insights into what those reasons are. Um, yeah. Because Edda's not perfect either. So. No. She's not, you know, and, you know, it's, I, I, I am, I wasn't sure about the cancer plot. I, mm-hmm. I, when it all first kind of happened, I wasn't sure about it, but as we're seeing this play out, I really think this is a great storytelling mm-hmm. opportunity because something 100%. like a, an illness like that, mm-hmm. any kind of a very serious illness is going to really complicate a relationship mm-hmm. or has the potential to really complicate a relationship. Sure. And it's a very nuanced situation. Mm-hmm. It's not this simple thing where, oh, you're sick. I'm going to take care of you. Everything's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. No, there's so much to deal with. There are so many new situations that you're introduced to. And I feel like this was a really a great opportunity to show those different things and how mm-hmm. two people can change depending on what things they are, what things in life are thrown at them mm-hmm. and how 
personalities approach things so differently. And with Sercon, all of Sercon's baggage, we know all of his baggage that he has and all Absolutely. of the things that he deals with. And so him going through something like that is going to be vastly different. Sorry, I hit my microphone. <laughs> from okay. how Edda is going to approach it and deal with it and be optimistic and mm -hmm. ready to just take charge and help things and try to fix Sercon and try to fix the situation. Yeah. Whereas Sercon needs that semblance of control mm -hmm. and an idea that he's his own person and has his own autonomy and has some sort of a say in what's going right. on with him even though he has no say and can't control what's happening within his own body yep well and on top of that i this is, i'm sure this isn't just true for sarah um i'm sure you can personally confirm this but sometimes you you don't want the positive out like you don't need that cheerleading yeah, all just, the time you want to wallow you just – or you just even want – you want to wallow because, yeah, it sucks and you deserve to get to be upset about your situation. Or even just, listen, I want to think logically about this and guess mm -hmm. what? It might not be okay. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? And that's okay. Just right. as much as, yes, Edda wanting to be like, we're going to get through this. You're not going to die. I, I don't fault her for that at all. If that's no. what she needs to do to cope and right. so that she can get through this with him – Right. By all means, she should. But right. in the same respect, he does get to also, as the person directly experiencing the mm -hmm. disease, to be like, yeah, but it actually might not be. And right. I want to, like, acknowledge that. Yeah. And and get there mentally mm -hmm. <laughs> so that – yeah, because everybody copes differently. Right. And it's not always going to be the way that other people want you to mm -hmm. cope. Yes. And I just want to quickly point out too, because I know there are a lot of people who absolutely hate the cancer plot. Um, but just so you know, our current writing team is not the writing team who introduced that. Yeah. So they're yeah. they're dealing they're they're playing the hand they were dealt because they are. That's not like you know, I just see and so much of like well, you know, you shouldn't ignore other writers' things that they've implemented in the characters, but then when they do not ignore other things that ri other writers mm -hmm. implemented in the characters and you still don't like it, mm -hmm. like, what do you want? Like, and right. honestly, I think she's doing it, like you've already said, like, I think that she and her team, she and Denise and Malek are dealing with this in a very layered manner. And very. I appreciate it so much and you know one thing we're getting to with this flash forward that we didn't ever get with ek is flashbacks to mm -hmm. the gap of time and it's funny because that was one of the things on my wish list when i was kind of making a season two wish list um even before we knew aisha was coming back and one of my things was man i hope that we are i hope that we get a flash forward and I hope that it's post-cancer, but I do hope that we get the flashes back to the cancer so that we can see what they made it through and not just, right. you know, oh, he got through it. It's five years later. Um, so I'm I'm very – from a storytelling perspective, I really appreciate what's happening. Yeah. It, it feels like they're taking full advantage mm -hmm. and I, I appreciate it because yeah. it's so – it really is so complex. Mm -hmm. And the, the more we're – the more that gets revealed, the more I am just appreciating the storytelling. Of oh, course. me too. But yeah, yeah, but so. even more so. Yep, because it's not all black and white. 
Ed is no. not completely right or wrong and Sircon's not completely right or wrong. Like – Yeah. And I can not like certain things that she has done or decisions she's made as well as him while still rooting for both of them. Yeah, we're like, team Ed, sir. Mm-hmm. So, Here anyways. Here podcast. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> so, sorry. So, we flash back – or we flash back forward All from right. – that horrible lunch. And Edda continues to tell Barack, then our quarrels became more serious. We started to argue constantly. And then he said something. And I was, and I was afraid and did not want to accept it. But he said he wanted to leave, that he didn't want to see me anymore. And not only not see me, but he didn't want to hear about me. And I thought that we would see each other even if we parted. Um, but he kept saying, the further, the better. And he just crossed me out. Ugh. And that's when Brock asked, Did, is that when you went to Italy? Mm-hmm. And she says, yes. I thought that I might be pregnant, but I didn't find out until I was in Italy. So mm-hmm. that's the story. Um, So, you know, and he does wind up asking, like, did you ever think about telling him? And she says, yes, of course I did. Uh, and I even came to him at one point to tell him. But... To a person who doesn't want to see me and who doesn't want children, what was I supposed to say to him? How? So I couldn't. And, you know, and Ugh. and of course, Brock's kind of like, okay, well, what are you going to do now? Because he's here and, you right. know, and that's when she's like, you know, basically he's like a child who found his old toy. He's just trying to play again, but he'll realize that the toy doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, it's broken and then he'll give up. So it still explains her hesitancy in immediately revealing to him that he has a child because she's like, if he's just going to bolt again, um, you know, and so again, her saying that, like, after we see these flashbacks, again, I'm not fully faulting Serkan because we don't fully know what was going on in his head. And I, especially when we get to the final scene, something he says, I'm like, I'm fully convinced he, the first thing he was doing was trying to protect her. But as we know, him, he doesn't go about it very well. Right. We've seen evidence of that in the past. And he doesn't verbalize and he doesn't why verb- he's doing those right. things. Absolutely. And, you know, and but he also knows that she's not one to give up on him. So he, I'm sure he mm-hmm. made sure to lash out so that it hurt enough oh, for her to leave. Oh, this is something we've seen time and time again mm-hmm. from him. He tests the limits. Yes. He, he's like a child who mm-hmm. needs the boundaries and so continues to test them to make sure that they're still going to be there. Yeah. And he clearly went too far. Yeah. Yep. And so, honestly, it does bother – like this mm-hmm. – I, I understand and at the same time, it bothers me that Edda still hasn't told him. Yeah. Because – he has a child. Like, right. he deserves to know that he has a child. Right. But I also understand if you're in that position mm-hmm. and you've gone through all of these things, it's going – your perspective is going to be completely different than mm-hmm. somebody from the outside just saying, you need to tell him he has a child because he deserves to know that he has a child. Right. And so it's, again, just a very nuanced mm-hmm. and complicated situation and it's been really interesting to see their perspectives throughout the whole yeah, as everything I, develops. I totally agree because, again, just from a generalized outside looking in, it's like, yeah, no, you tell him. Yeah, like, that's messed up. You need to um, know. <laughs> right. But in a situation where it's not just about her anymore, it's not just mm-hmm. about Sarkhan, like yeah. I can only imagine as a mother – 
like knowing that you're, you know, growing a little life inside of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a doubt as to whether or not the father of that child mm-hmm. will ac- accept that baby. Right. And, you know, Sirkan, he does not um, – he does not skirt obligations. So no. if she told him, he would stick around because mm-hmm. it would be an obligation for him to fulfill. Well, and um, he's telling her to leave and finally she says, okay, fine, then I will right. leave. Right. So the last thing she wants to do is <laughs> – Keep a man around who has continually told her that she needs to leave him alone. Right. And so that for all intents and purposes does not want her and has made it blatantly clear that Mm -hmm. he does not want children. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. um, Yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to to mention that. Yeah. No, I totally. Yeah. I totally agree. And I think um, Krisha put it really well in her. Um in her review that she's like i can tell that there are certain things that are likely being done for production's sake Mm -hmm. um more than the plot's sake Mm -hmm. um and this might be one of them like the the length it's taking you know for him to find out although i think he's gonna find out this week Um, so okay i was gonna bring this up later uh uh-huh but i almost wonder if it is for the plot's sake because I as as this episode was playing out I was thinking you know it almost seems like they are wanting Serkan to fall in love so to speak with little Kiraz before he knows that she's his mm. and that that is why we're getting this delay in him finding out because I fully anticipated a mm-hmm. very quick turnaround to mm-hmm. him finding out that he had a kid. And so as I watched these last two episodes, I was thinking this can't be in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, I don't know that this is a mistake or not, not a mistake, not a mistake. but, but it, it feels very purposeful to me yeah. after seeing the scenes that the two of them have together Yeah, and him kind of noticing things about her mm-hmm. and gaining a little bit of respect for her mm-hmm. and their interactions becoming more and more personable as time goes on. Yeah. Cause yes, first he's like, gosh, that, <laughs> that kid, she, that, what a disaster. That raspberry picking sticky yes. jam hands kid yes uh-huh. and then with each interaction he's cooling a little bit more towards her yeah and so i really wonder if it was a situation where they're really wanting sarah to fall in love with her bef- and then well when it's revealed he's like of course it's her mm-hmm. and and what what other kid would i want to be my own child well and that's a girl? really that's a very good point and Honestly, I agree because we know the whole entire reason Edda didn't tell him was because we didn't want him to be a father out of obligation mm-hmm. or out exactly. of guilt. And if he found out right away without That's knowing this little be. girl, that is exactly what it would be. Or we would question – it would always be questioned. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? It would yeah, always be exactly. a question in the back of Edda's mind, in the back of right. our minds as an audience. Like – um, did like he really want this or of of let's take an amnesia plot you want him to fall back in love right before in instead of just remembering everything right so it's it's the same kind of situation yes 
That's so true. So you're right. And honestly, I personally, um, I personally don't think it's taking too long. We're only two episodes in to this yeah, season. Um, so I mean, I it's not like it's not like he's going to be finding out at episode ten. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? When we've got basically eleven left. So yeah. I think I, we're just getting more of a slow burn, so to speak. Yeah, and I – but you're right. I love that because no matter what, he's going to have an emotional reaction, probably anger at first, yeah. which, listen, I will give him mm-hmm. for as long as Edda was allowed to be mad about her parents' um, mm-hmm. revelation. Then he needs to do some inner reflection <laughs> and question why – Edda even had to make that decision, um, which I think I kind of touched on this last week. So, yeah. um, but now that it's closer and looks like he's going to find out, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So I, I want to see him work through those emotions. I don't want it to just be a, oh, okay, of course she's my kid. I've already fallen in love with her. Instant family, like, well, because we that's just, that's not yeah, because that's just not realistic. <laughs> even if he, even if he does love her at that point, even if mm-hmm. he does feel a bond and a connection to her at that point, it's right. still going to be a gut punch at the very least, and it's still a betrayal, right? From so, Edda. right. So, um, I really look forward to like when that's revealed and how they work through it, like mm-hmm. because now they both they're gonna have to work through their issues while also at the same time being a team for Kiraz. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's going to be interesting to see because they're going to have to have a united front when it comes to their daughter because that's what's going to be good for her. Yeah. But also actually work through um, their issues and everything that's culminated in the last five years as well, which is what I think then the next several episodes will be. It'll be focused on that. Yeah. Um, and – it will eventually then lead to a full reunion where, right, right. you know, they're in love and all this stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Anyways, I know we okay. kind of got we kind of we kind of got off. I on know, that. I know. So basically, where we were at is she, Edda, and Barack are finishing their conversation. Mm-hmm. She apologizes for putting him in a difficult position. And very interestingly, and this is something that continues as the episode goes, Mm -hmm. Burak makes a comment. He says, it's very funny to imagine marriage to Milo. So that little comment and then other things that Mm -hmm. crop up as Mm -hmm. the episode continues make me wonder if Melo and Barack are going to be a thing mm-hmm. by the end of the series. Well, and that would be, I mean, because Kuroz clear, clearly has an attachment to him. Yeah. And not a fatherly one because she's made it clear, oh, he's not my dad. He's my booba, you know, so. Right. But, yeah, I wouldn't hate that. Because I love that basically right now at this point, it just seems like he has a little crush on Ida. It's not mm-hmm. anything like, like – uh male Denise back in the 30s where it's like there's right. nothing redeemable about that because if, if he wound up with any of the girls it would just be gross because of his gross obsession with Edda right. um so yeah I don't mind the idea of that shifting over and them kind of like falling in love yeah. um so yeah um there's a little something with Melo when she and Ifair are talking and Ifair is talking about how Barack and Edda should be together it's like oh. Ifair Oh, yeah, I guess I should. Mm-hmm. And then I first says something to the effect of what other father could be better than Barack 
And Mila's like, yeah, you're right. Literally nobody else could be. And yeah. she's kind of thinking. Literally her little... own father can't be her father. Yeah. So. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. Um, and then, and actually, um, they get interrupted, Denise, or uh, Edda and Barack, because mm-hmm. Denise is looking for Sarah Khan. She had a whole lunch made, blah, blah, blah. And it is like, well, he's in Istanbul back at the office, so he can't come. She's like, but, you know, don't waste a lunch. I'll come. I love how she just inserts and invites herself. Um, I'll represent him. Yes. And, um, yeah, so they start to walk to lunch. We get a little pan over. Melo calls Barack Koda Jim on accident when there's Uh nobody we need to be performing for because it's just iFair. And, yep. So, again, another little hint Uh um, that she doesn't hate that idea. Uh, Pearl is prepping the team. She's like, listen, Sarakon's on his way. You guys basically have to do everything to keep him here. He mm-hmm. needs to stay in this building. Again, thank God for Pearl. Um, and of course, when he arrives, he's like, what's going on? Blah, blah, blah. There's not a thing. She's like, oh, yes, I'm sorry. There was a misunderstanding. I thought they were talking about a project in um, Qatar, but it was really Hatai. And he's like, we don't even have a project in Hatai. And she's like, I know, hence the confusion, LOL. Anyways, now that you're here, get to work. I have to go take John to get his stitches out. So a boss needs to be here. Um, And he's basically stuck there and he's annoyed Mm -hmm. about it, which is just so ironic because I'm like, okay, workaholic, like this is where you love to be. Um, But yeah. So. So um, he... We get uh, – let me see. Oh, that's right. Okay, so Denise <laughs> and Edda are having lunch. Her she gets comment. a little phone call. Uh, what, well, well, which comment? Denise, when she's like, I think women chit-chat, like girl girl talk is so boring. I wish there was a man in the background. Like, oh yeah. gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and Edda's like, well, we have food to talk about. Uh-huh. So that and should eat. be plenty. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So she gets a phone call from Serkan while she's mm-hmm. there, and he essentially tells her that she needs to come to the office because they have work to do. Mm-hmm. She's like, I told you, <laughs> nothing could bring me back to that office. <laughs> so you and I will work remotely. There is such a thing as the internet, and that's how we're going to figure this out. Okay, thanks. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> if only Serkan had re- realized that back in episode 28 when he had to yeah. sign a paper. Anyways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Somebody tell him about DocuSign. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> For real. So, um, Denise starts needling Ida for information about Serkan, what kind of a woman he likes, and mm-hmm. Ida gives her, is, starts feeding her information that she needs to ignore him and be mean to him. Uh-huh. <laughs> she's like, oh, he likes women like that? And she's like, he sure does. Uh, <laughs> and Karem interrupts, mm-hmm. and he explains that uh, because Serkan Bolat wants to put a spa in this spot, they can't plant the pines that they wanted to, to plant. So thus begins some issues between the two of them. Yep. And um, I don't know. Did you have? I just basically. Well, so. Because um, I did look up the symbolism of pines. Okay. I didn't look Sarakon up. wanted to get rid of them. And Edda is very insistent that they plant the pines. Okay. See, and it's funny because. um. I had, gosh, now it's, like, all going to be messed up. Um, 
because there was a there was a um translation but now i don't know if it was this particular scene or one later where she talks about plane trees p-l-a-n-e um with karem during this whole blueprint thing and like he wants to move my plane trees and blah 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 like and she's really upset and those have real thing it is so but i don't know if it was this scene or not so but tell me about tell me about the pines because i did not look up i did not look up pines Okay, because I don't remember anything about planes. There was the lin- there were the linden trees, right? Which they that's discussed between her and Sercon later when they're actually in person. Oh, and I okay. do have the linden trees, but anyways, no, tell me yeah, about yeah. it. Yeah, so um, pines and forests in general have played an important role as symbols of strength, kinship, growth, and wisdom. Hmm. Uh, and pines specifically have permeated a lot of folklore of culture. And they're Im- they are associated with immortality, <gasps> steadiness, and resilience, possibly due to their successful adaptation to, to diverse and often harsh environments, as well as their longevity in nature. So we're getting more immortality, yeah, uh, symbolism, and same with kind of the evergreen nature of pines, mm-hmm. because they're able to retain their green foliage during winter and dry seasons. It's they tend to represent a triumph of life over darkness. Um, so I I really liked that um, because it, it they're also really a symbol of strength. Yeah. So kind of a strength in the middle of adversity. So mm-hmm. I really liked that idea of Ada wanting to keep these pines where she has been strong in the face of adversity. Right. And walked through all these years alone. Um, Dang. And that she wanted to keep, yeah, keep Okay, well, I'm wondering if plain trees, because I'm reading this because this came from Willa. Okay. God bless her for doing research for us. Um, And she kind of, she's talking about, she says, uh, plain trees. And then she specifically talks about a blue spruce, which is a type of pine because that's like a Christmas oh, tree, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. So in, um, in Greek mythology, the spruce tree was dedicated to... Artemis, mm-hmm. Apollo's twin, uh, and if you're here, if you've been with us since the EK days, you already know about Artemis, hmm. uh, the goddess of the moon, hunting, nature, and protector of women. The Greeks suggested that the enduring spruce tree represented constant eternal life and was labeled the tree of birth. Its scented evergreen needles signify signify resilience and strength. Okay. So this is the reason the tree was so associated with Artemis, as renewal, resilience, and resurgence are all qualities which she prized above all others. So mm. I wonder, yeah, I wonder if they're just maybe a more specific type of pine tree. And yeah. um, and that's where maybe there was some um, mix-up. Sure. That that would make sense. Um. So, yeah. Either, all, But honestly, I loved both of those, so I'm glad you looked up pine in general as well yeah um so um at this point because they've done their they've done their back and forth um with the whole virtual blueprints and their little Mm -hmm. commentaries and all that well once she finds out about the trees she's like Mm -hmm. that's it basically he wins (laughs) i'm gonna go deal with him but she kind of has an air about her of like i'm gonna make him regret it yeah that i went there so she stomps off, and I love it because Karem follows her, and he's like, Edda, how are you going to get there? Your car mm-hmm. is still in the shop. I hope that it's Amja Jeep. Like, 
Oh, I, I hope so too. After all these years, I mean, it would track that it would be in the shop, right? Like, yes. Yeah. So they're um, alive. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I really hope it's the Jeep. But anyways, she's like, "Dang it!" Like, okay, I uh, like, and then of course, right at that moment, right. yeah, a car pulls up and a driver gets out and he says, "Edda, Hannah, <laughs> your ride is here." And she's like, Sarah Combola. And Krem's like, how did he know? And she says, uh-huh. he knows my soul. Yes. <sighs> and was, I wrote. That was a great little. Uh-huh. Little and I was like, right oh, there. man, the Ferrero Rochers on that man. <laughs> to, <laughs> to be so cocky. Listen, we know to- <laughs> this guy's got a pair, okay? Think of all the things that Sarah Combola has done. <laughs> this is true this is true oh my gosh oh man no i do have to say i kind of summarized this i didn't really take screenshots or anything and we can kind of uh we can kind of summarize this as a whole because this happens over the course of several scenes but we kind of i said drama yeah i said desperate housewives ingen edition because he's like one of the girls he has them over he's like made snacks all this stuff i i do love that i love they're like i need your recipe yeah it's super cute but you know he kind of gets a a little into the you know housewife Mm -hmm. stay-at-home mom chit chat and you know and he's like yeah they don't appreciate us i'm a cook a nanny a housemaid a you know all this which i mean Mm -hmm. listen yes stay-at-home parents those things are all true Yes, and, and not the whole thing about that. that their work can be very unseen. Yes. I was like, yes. Yes. Preach it, Ang- preach it, Angin Bay. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but, you know, he takes it a little far because he's like, well, Peril doesn't appreciate this or she doesn't understand that. And, you know, those all may be – those may be true things, but that, those are things he should be talking to her about. Yes. Um, because, you yeah, know, little does. The biddies. Right. Because little does he know, Parole has gotten home and is overhearing this conversation. And yeah. good on her. She walks right around the corner and she's like, oh, really, Angenbe? Like, mm-hmm. is that how you feel? And, of course, the wives all scatter. Um, and they kind of have a fight because, you know, he's like, well, I'm just saying I do all this stuff and, you know, you don't notice it. And she's like, oh, you do all this stuff, huh? Then why do I still need to leave notes and reminders for you to pick this up and get that? Did you even do any of those things on that list? Because I can't fully trust you to do it. So, you know, they they both make some good points, but they're they're arguing and it's harsh. And he's like, okay, if you've got this all under control, I'm out of here. You take care of it. And he leaves. Yeah. So they're in the middle of a fight. And we, like I said, this happens over several scenes, but, you know, he storms off. He goes to the office um, where he winds up getting kicked out because Sercon's kicking all the employees out now that Ida's coming because he wants to be alone with her. So he tells Ingen, like, you can't stay here. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Yeah. You know, go to my house if you just need to be away from her or whatever. So that's where he is. And while that's happening, Parole is working from home, getting stuff done. Mm-hmm. She gets a little peek and a taste of what Angan does on a daily yeah. basis. Because, yeah. you know, John comes downstairs and it's bedtime and she's like, shoot, is it that late already? And, you know, he's like, it's okay, mom, you're busy, you're working, I'll wait for dad. Yeah. Which props to her, she stops what she's doing. She's like, let's talk. Like, listen, yeah. yes, I do have to work, which I think it is important for parents to teach that to children. Like, there, yes. we do have to work. That is part of life. We have to earn a living and we have to, you know, but none of this is more important than you. So, yes, mm-hmm. let's do bedtime. I'll read you a fairy tale. And he's like, well, I don't really like fairy tales. And she's like, well, what do you and dad do at bedtime then? 
And he's like, we dream like, you know, so they just dream up of things. And he kind of tells us, you know, he kind of explains some stuff that they do. And, um, you know, and it's very sweet because you can see Parole kind of the light bulb turning on like this is like what he does every night. He doesn't just put our kid to bed and read a book. Not that there's anything wrong right. with just reading a book and then going to bed. But, you know. He goes the extra he, mile. He goes the extra mile because yeah. that's what John needs. Like mm-hmm. he's not into fairy tales. So they do this. So she's like, well, I can do that too, my little lion. Like, let's go. You know, she takes him upstairs. Mm-hmm. So um, she does wind up going to Sercon's to talk to Ingen. And I was glad they clarified this because in the live I wasn't really – because I was like, did she just – because she just says that his kids – their kid is sleeping at home. I'm like, oh, well, yeah, who's no. with she him? But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, she's like, I came here to talk to you because he's on the defense the second she gets there. She's like, listen, <laughs> dummy, I'm here to talk to you. I love it. He's like, no, I'm still offended at you. <laughs> Which, oh, my gosh. If – yeah. If – super relatable, Ingen. I get it. Um, I'm like, no, I don't want you to make up with me yet. I still want to be mad at you. And Jason's like, but I'm apologizing because I'm sorry and I want to talk about this. I'm like, well, I'm not done being mad. Um <laughs> So, yeah, basically, they work it out. They communicate. You know, she's like, I'm so afraid that he's going to wind up like me, you know, this workaholic. And he's like – and he does kind of make a joke, like, God forbid. And she's like, hey. And he's Uh like, no, I do want his – I want him to be smart like you and I want him to be this. And, you know, and she's saying, I want him to be this like you and I want him to be that. They communicate through the issue that they're having. Right. They – they both make concessions to the things that they weren't necessarily appreciating or acknowledging that the other does. Uh-huh. Um, and honestly, I feel like these things give me hope for what we have to look forward to with Edzer. Like, yes. You know what I mean? I think these are little peeks into like, listen, the communication and the big, the big um, working through our issues thing is coming. We're getting tastes of it right now. We are. But it's coming. Um so I just really loved all of this with mm-hmm. Ingen and Pearl this episode mm-hmm. because I just thought it was very telling. It was very relatable. Yeah. Um, it's so, a good little peek into married life. Yeah. And did you like how he was like, oh, so you said John was asleep, huh? And <laughs> yeah. I'm like, did they go have sex in Sarah bed? <laughs> no, he, like, I takes think her they off. went home. Or I, I assume I, they went home. I mean, hey, their kid and, was being watched. So hey, maybe. <laughs> maybe. And and part of me is like, like well i gotta get it while i can get it well and also like sarah Con, that's what you get for being like Ingen, you need to come back to work and then when he finally comes back to work you're like get out of here you can go to my house so yeah. it made me laugh anyways <laughs> so okay so we get more of idon starting to see things mm-hmm. she sees melo flirting with uh, the massage therapist guy yes who <laughs> is allergic to shirts i guess <laughs> He never has a shirt He doesn't have a shirt on. You're right. Uh, And then later on, she sees Brock with Edda. And he's Mm -hmm. kind of reassuring her, like, if you ever need anything, I'm here. And kind of grabs her hand. Mm -hmm. So she's – things are being revealed to Aidan. We'll just say that. It's just questionable. She's like, what the heck Mm -hmm. is going on? Melo's husband clearly has a thing for Edda. (laughs) Melo is – openly flirting with another man i mean it's all stuff that based on the information you were given you're of like course. what the heck is going on so yeah she's like i don't understand absolutely so um. sercon sends everybody home <laughs> because he needs to be alone with mm-hmm. Ada, of mm-hmm. course mm-hmm. and he can't just let everybody work while they work together yes of course not. 
which I love that he's just outright. It is coming and we must be alone. <laughs> oh, yeah. Again, another thing we're seeing, like, the growth of him. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, he's still kind of making dumb excuses about why he needs, you know, initially about why he needed right. to be. But he made it super clear, I need to find out she sells feelings for me. I want to yes. win her back. Well, like, he's being pretty open about that, at least with his people, you know, like, Ingen's his person. Um, and I do want to just encourage everyone to read. Krisha's review I know we've already brought it up because she makes a very good point in her review about how yes I can it is frustrating to see Sarah Khan like kind of backing Edda into these corners and like forcing her to work with him this not but and she puts it more eloquently than this she kind of basically lays out how that is kind of his love language and oh yeah um you know, so yeah, it's frustrating, but this is how he communicates and this mm-hmm. is how and this is how they fell in love initially was through work. Right. Um and it's something that they they've always been able to um no matter what's going on, because even when they were broken up in episode eighteen, they do the whole autumn walk and she mm-hmm. sees his new place and they're doing drawings and he's yeah. complimenting her talent and she's just like, you know, do you think I'll ever be as good as you one day? And he's like, look how far you've come. And she just eats right. that up because she's like, I love getting professional compliments from you. Even in the early episodes when they're doing a drawing and stuff, like he's kind of harsh. But when it's all finished, he says, this is a really good job. And she's like, mm-hmm. and she like hugs him. And then she's like, oh, sorry, pardon. Like, so and they've we always. See the same thing in this episode. Yes. He so... compliments her, her skill. And she yes. gets a big old smile on her face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this so, is a way that they've communicated for a long time. And has, all, despite whether they're faking a relationship, in a relationship, mm-hmm. broken up, they've been able to maintain that professional respect for one another. Yeah. So it does make sense that this is the tool he would utilize to like, to get that going again. Right. So. And he knows how to bait her. I mean, well, she yeah, they could both have do. stayed uh-huh. away. Uh-huh. She very well could have stayed away. And he would have eventually wound up back at exactly. back in Chile. Uh-huh. Exactly. So uh, it's when you know somebody really well, uh-huh. you know how to get specific reactions out of them. And I think that's really what we're seeing here. Yeah. Uh, so she shows up pretty in pink. Yeah, they and... both have outfit changes. I know. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. I but love it. okay, just there for work, Edda Jim. Uh-huh. Yes. We get a little babe walk from her, strutting mm-hmm. her stuff inside. Um, and then Sarkant, she basically <laughs> calls him out and says, uh, where is everybody? Why does every why is there nobody here if we're just gonna be working? Mm-hmm. And he reassures her, he tells her, Don't worry, all we're going to talk about is work. And they head into the office to yes, start their they work. Do. Yep. So, um, you know, this is when they have the Linden tree discussion. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, because he's like, you know, she's like, he's like, yeah, we can put those back or that was a bad decision. She's like, yes, it was. And it's not about putting them back because they're already there. Like you were going to remove them, but now they're just staying. And, um, the linden tree, there's a couple different types of mythology I thought were interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, in European lore, its presence protects against ill luck. Um, it repels, you know, evil spirits that would bring harm. In Slavic mythology, it's a holy tree and um, it lends its name to the months of June, which I thought was interesting because we're in the hmm. month of June and July in Poland. And 
is apparently the root of the name for a city in Germany. Um, German towns often have them growing in their town centers, spreading shade beneath their graceful canopies. Um, and there's just some more history on it. But it's basically said it's been used by poets all throughout the ages as a metaphor for beauty, grace, and peace. Um, and that in re this person, um, and now I don't have the website screenshot. Whoops. Anyways, this person who did better research than I did says in their research, they often found the repeated claim that it, that it is, um, the tree of lovers. And mm -hmm. so, you know, of course we also have something where it talks about fidelity and wedded love. Um, oh no, wait, that's, that's, nope, that's Ivy. We'll get to, the, we'll get there. Okay. So, so that's what I got. So, um, Longwood Gardens, mm -hmm. um, they have a really big, huge, and old linden tree, <gasps> and they have a whole article on the symbolism of the trees that they have oh, in their gardens. That's really so, cool. Mm -hmm, they have a really, they had a really good one on the, a linden tree, and their linden tree, or is it their magnolias? Um, maybe it's their magnolias, but... The, they have a really huge linden tree. It's mm. it's really cool looking. Um, but they say the sweet smelling linden tree with its heart shaped leaves. So that's <gasps> one thing. Mm -hmm, is associated with Freya, the, German, the Germanic goddess of truth and love. It mm. was believed that you could not tell a lie under a linden tree. Large linden trees were placed were places of social gatherings and weddings, as well as places to assemble to create laws and render judicial verdicts. Mm. In a Greek myth, the gods Zeus and Hermes disguise themselves as peasants and go door to door seeking food and shelter, but they're turned away by everybody except an elderly couple, uh, ba Baucis and Philemon. As a reward for the couple's hospitality, the gods transform them upon their deaths into an intertwining oak and linden tree. Oh. Uh, yeah. So they – that is kind of the, the big thing. They also talk about, you know, the wood. It has great acoustics, so it's often used for many guitars. But um, I really liked the whole um, Greek myth yeah. association. And then the fact that the heart-shaped leaves are associated with truth and love. I love that. Yeah. Um, so after that, we get an actual, like, musical work montage. I love those with the two of them. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, we get to see a quick thing of a little bit of bickering, but the good kind, you know, where yes. they're – with their work and stuff. And, of course, accidental shoulder brushes and mm -hmm. almost nose nuzzles and googly eyes and things like that while trying to remain professional and just, you know, get the job done. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so when they finish that, they're kind of down to one last thing. And she's like, oh, I've got, you know, I want to basically keep this one story, not two stories, talking about this particular building and he's like okay well what are we gonna she's like because i want to use the terrace and he's like well, what are we gonna do with the terrace mm -hmm. and she says you know they're gonna put um ivy, ivy on it and um and uh someone named Naush on twitter um sent me stuff about ivy so i was like i don't even have to google this because nice. she already sent some stuff um and i liked what she said and that this one's from symbolsage.com and it talks about it being a symbol of fidelity and wedded love. Hmm. Um, 
Lovestone is one of the common names of ivy in Britain. Uh, it clings to its surface, making it a perfect representation of wedded love. A symbol of affection, the tendrils or the thread-like part of the ivy, often in spiral form, represent affection and desire. Uh, a symbol of friendship because of the tenacity of its attachment. Nothing can separate ivy from its host once it has embraced it, similar to a true friendship. A symbol of eternal life, so again with the immortality, mm -hmm. because the plant clings to even dead trees and remains green, it's regarded as a symbol of eternal life. Um, and the eternal nature of the soul after death uh, by pagans and Christians alike, endurance and dependence, it's also said to represent um, those things because, again, to its clinging nature, it can mm -hmm. cling to just about any type of surface and situation. And then prestige and the passage of time. Um this is – and it's – that's specifically within the context of universities in the United States because um, the, this is because the ivy growing on the buildings represents the age of the building, signifying that the university is long established. And it's interesting because what do we call our very prestigious colleges here? The Ivy, ivy Leagues. League. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, of course, really loved the idea that that's what she's putting mm -hmm. on um, the terrace. So um, – then Edda gets coffee after this, right? She's kind of like, okay, it's almost, I'm, I'm going to go get some coffee. They have to wait for Denise to look over the plans. That's they right. Send them to her for for her to sign off on it. Uh, she kind of hangs out over in the little coffee mm -hmm. area, and soon enough, Sirkon comes to find her, and <laughs> you can tell that he's bothered that she's left him alone for this uh -huh. long because uh -huh. he says something to the effect of, "Oh, you seem to have a meeting right now." Well, and you know, she had asked him before she left if he wanted coffee, and he yeah. said something about how he doesn't drink coffee anymore. Yes, um, which is interesting. Yeah, uh, but since they have to wait, uh, Sercon suggests dinner, and she. Did you like though how he's like, yeah, she said she'd get back to me in an hour and Edda mm -hmm. kind of laughs because she knows like she knows exactly why she's doing that. Mm -hmm. Anyways. <laughs> uh so Edda just says, No, thanks. Mm -hmm. I'll keep working for a little bit and then I'll leave if that's okay with you. Now he brings so bad. Up, mm -hmm. I was like, man, um, all right, Sarkombe. <laughs> growth i mean he's very much he's not really beating around the bush i mean he was a little bit in the first episode which is to be expected he hasn't seen her in five years right but he's like he's being blunt pretty much and straightforward with he just is. about everything i mean yeah he's being sneaky about forcing her to work with him and stuff but like when it comes to like he wants to know something or he wants to say something mm -hmm. he's saying it and he wouldn't he do is. that before you know i mean yeah anyways yeah. So he brings up, you know, he says, you know, earlier when we were going over plans, you were talking about the heart of the hotel as she was giving her presentation. He says, why is it a stone? <laughs> why not a tree or a flower? Why did you choose stone? And then Ada, her answer full of sarcasm, so uh -huh. says, because my heart has turned into stone. She says, you want to hear that, right? <laughs> no, Sir Khan. My heart is in place in the same state, and it works just great, you know? And he says, all right, Tamam, you're still very angry with me, uh, but you weren't forced to come here, Ada. And she says, yes, that's because I see your game. I see the game you're playing, and I'm not running away. I'm hedging my bets. And he says, oh, so I'm playing games, huh? 
She says, yes. <laughs> well, and doesn't this remind you of episode six when the advice he gives her when they're when she's all like mm. um, defeated about that house and he's That's like, right. don't enter a game. You can't win can't and win. don't lose a game that you've entered. So, yep. I mean, she's taken his advice. Yeah, and she knows, again, knows him well. Mm -hmm. So that's why she says right here, it's just a game for you, Serkan. Mm -hmm. She says, listen, you asked me to leave, I left. Yep. And she says, I went through a lot and I grew and we didn't succeed. So I resigned myself to that. Mm -hmm. uh, she says, and you, no, sorry. I can't tell who's talking here. Because it says, and you, I think it's still her. She says, and you accept it. Are you not, in, and then he asks, are you not interested in my opinion at all? Yeah. And she says, this relationship ended a long time ago. Well, and I thought it was interesting that he specifically says, basically, like, does my opinion not matter? Because mm -hmm. it reminds us of her asking him the same thing in that flashback about right, kids. about kids. Mm-hmm. So only this time, actually, no, his opinion doesn't matter because – this relationship ended a long time ago, like she said. Yep, exactly. Um, so, so you know, she basically says you're gonna you you have to deal with mm -hmm. the situation that we're in because this is how things have ended up, and then she because says, this is how work. you wanted it. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um. So we get this is when he compliments. You know, they're finishing up what her her drawings are finished up because we we get right. a flash over to a scene we already talked about with Pearl and John, and then we mm -hmm. flash back to them, and it's clear the drawings and things have finished up they're just kind of going over the last few pages and he's like he's in awe of how much her talent has developed yeah. like and of course this is when she gets that big smile on her face you mentioned and he's like you're smiling and she's like of course i am i always love when you compliment my work like because mm -hmm. she no matter what he's a respected architect and it means something professionally for him mm -hmm. to appreciate and much less it actually verbally acknowledge how good she is yeah. um so i've always appreciated that about them that's always been there to, no matter what they've um gone through yeah so um dinner has arrived apparently there is at least one employee still there even though he kicked them all out because she's yeah. like sarkhan bay your dinner's here and he's like okay i understand if you don't want to stay for dinner but i did order it and she's like no let's go we can eat dinner like two adults you know i did um, appreciate that he right out he gives her an out right mm -hmm. away and he says you don't have to stay yeah and she chooses to stay well and honestly i think for something like that he wants her to choose to stay he doesn't want to have to mm -hmm. trick her into that it's one thing to trick her to get there and come do work yeah. it's another when you know he's forcing her to have a meal with him right. so um Dinner's arrived. I love the whole special guest thing because he's like, oh, I told them to prepare for a special guest. They must have misunderstood. And this is a little tell from Edda because uh -huh. she's like, because she's like, oh, perhaps they're just used to you needing setups for tons of special guests. So she's throwing it out there like that maybe he's uh, consorted with women over the years, uh -huh. which we know he has not. Yeah. Um, and you can tell he kind of appreciates that because he walks over and like kind of has a smile on his face and he put, you know, pulls out her chair and all that. And then they have this kind of inner dialogue. She's sitting there and um, – you know, she's like, come on, what are you doing? Run away. Don't get mm -hmm. stuck here. Where did this dinner come from? I'm out of my mind. 
And of course, he's looking at her and he's like, she drives me crazy. What is this beauty? (laughs) And she's like, oh, my gosh, over the years, he began to look even better, which is just so true of men. It's disgustingly frustrating. Um, Rude. It is very rude. And he um, he's like, are you okay?" (laughs) Because, you know, she's sitting there kind of googly eyed over how good looking he is and she's getting Mm -hmm. a little overheated. And she's like, yes, it it just got hot. And he's like, okay, let me open the door and let some air in. So he gets up and opens the door and he's like, mm-hmm. is that better? And she finally sees – and I knew – I knew Aisha would come through for this if of she course. ever came back. Um, and Edda says oh, – she looks over and she's like, are those my mom's flowers? And he says, yes. And then she's like, how did I not notice this during the day? And he's kind of like, probably because you were busy looking at me, <laughs> little yeah, brat. Under his breath. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they walk outside together because she's she wants to see them now. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and she's like, they've become so beautiful. She's like, who has been taking care of them? And he says, I have. And I, this right here I loved so much because, again, I just saw it as like, again, it, things are building more towards we – it's pretty clear that Serkan had his reasons for pushing Ida away. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just out of malice or him. It wasn't the same reasons he pushed Celine away or kept Celine at a distance back in there right. in those days. It's not the same thing. Um, it's looking like the same thing because he's right. reverting to doing what he knows, but mm-hmm. his motivations were clearly different. Yeah. Um, because as he later admits, he's always loved her. So, Ida. Just to be clear. Yeah, um, anyways, so I thought it was so telling that he's the one who took care of them. Mm-hmm. Um, for five years. For five years. Because it was like, well, this is the little prince taking care of his rose. His rose. And they are roses. And they are roses. Uh-huh. And and also just a metaphor of him caring for her mm-hmm. in a way he couldn't in these last five years. Right. Um, he was taking care of these roses the way he, I believe, wished he could have been caring for Ida. Definitely. But wasn't capable of for reasons I'm sure we'll find out. Mm-hmm. So, anyways. Yeah. So she just says uh, how happy you were at that time because mm-hmm. she's reminiscing seeing mm-hmm. these flowers. And he responds, we can still be happy. Just putting it out there. <sighs> yeah. And she, of course, has to build up that wall around her heart. And she says, don't do this to me. And he insists, we can, Ida. And they're just looking at each other. Mm -hmm. And you can see the emotion in their faces. Yeah. He looks up and sees that her hair gets caught a little. So he says, oh, your hair is caught. And he removes it. And uh, she looks at him. This is the... mm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. She says, with you, I eat, I agreed even to the misfortune, but you didn't get it. Yeah. And he's staring at her and she says, sorry. And she walks away. And I loved, because I think it was Miriam's translation during the live, she translated it as basically what you don't even understand, Serkan, is I would have been content to unhappiness with you mm-hmm. and you don't even get that. Like – just as long as it meant he actually wanted her. Right. <laughs> that's all That's all she needed. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And he didn't get that. So her phone rings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, this is so good. <laughs> I love it. Even though he turns into a little turd, but. 
Oh, Adrain the Pool Sercon mm-hmm. is fully revived in this scene <laughs> because little Kiraz calls and she's like, Mom, I missed you. I wanted to talk to you. And Ed, of course, says, I missed you too. I'll be home soon. I can't wait to see you. She calls her baby. Baby. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Um, so Sercon, <laughs> his antenna are up. Oh, my god! he's like, who is she talking to? <laughs> <laughs> there's smoke he- coming out of his ears he's oh my gosh and he just completely shuts down like yeah he's yeah. like he's like let's go let's go and she's like well i'm done i'll take a taxi he's like no i can drive you where you need to go which he's is like, so funny that he has to drive her but he's so mad about, uh-huh. about uh-huh. the fact that she had a phone call uh-huh and you know because and she, he's like, I need to talk to Denise anyways. And she's like, well, we're working together. I can talk to her for you so you don't have to yeah. go all the way back there. And, of course, he's like, you don't need to tell me who I can and can't talk mm. to. And she's like, all right. So <laughs> they get in the car. He's all broody and this and that. And she's trying to, like, at least just have polite conversation. But she's like, okay, whatever. Yeah. And she's like, are you okay? You know, and he's like, it's fine. It's this. But then, like, she can just tell because, again, she knows him. She's like, listen, mm-hmm. can you just say whatever it is? Just say it. Like, clearly there's something. And he's like, that. yep. And he's like, who were you on the phone with? <laughs> and she's like, what? She's like, my phone call? He's like, yeah, your boyfriend, I'm sure. And she's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's what this is all about? And rightfully so, she's like, you have – this is what this was all about. You're trying to figure out this. Sarah Combolat has to know. You know, she just kind of rants what off on right him. What right do you have to ask me about any of this? Uh-huh. And she – I love it. I so love she doesn't it, directly it. deny or confirm. No. But she's just like, stop this car right now. I'm she's getting like, out. Yeah, I can't believe your audacity. <laughs> Let me get out of this car. <laughs> so she does. And he's like, Edda. And she's, he's like, there's still seven more kilometers before the hotel. And she's like, I don't care. I'm walking. And he's like, well, mm-hmm. I, he kind of follows her a little bit in the car. And then is like, well, if you insist, I can't, he can't just leave her alone to walk seven nope. kilometers at night. So he's like, I'm coming with you. And he gets out of his Porsche, leaves it in the middle of the street with the <laughs> headlights on. So that tells me likely the keys are still in the ignition. Uh-huh. He doesn't care. And he walks the seven kilometers in, I'm assuming, uh I'm assuming in icy silence Mm -hmm. back to the hotel because we don't actually see that. We just see, you know, we um, get over to, um, I think the next scene is when she's talking with Ifair and Milo in the kitchen, right? Um, Yeah, we get a quick Pina giving the letter to Safi and then Khan shows up at the hotel has a run-in with Denise. Who invites him to breakfast. Yes. And, and she's he's like, like, wow, Edda was right. You came all the way back here because I ignored you? <laughs> I mean, oh she doesn't gosh. say that she ignored no, him but right, but clearly. she's like, Edda was right. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so she invites him to breakfast, and he's like, yeah, sure, because he really – he did come because he does want to talk to her about right. business stuff. So he agrees to breakfast. Um, and, um, you know, we did – we – did get a bit of a Sarah Connor and Idon discussion where he's trying to vent right. to her about Edda. She thinks he's referring to the letter that she wrote that he she doesn't realize he didn't read. Right. Um, she does catch on eventually that he's talking about Edda. Um, yes. And then kind of joins in and with that. And it's kind of a parallel conversation that Edda's having with like Melo and Ifair. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. Yeah. Where they're just kind of saying, why are you working with them? Can't mm-hmm. you do this remotely? And then, of course, we're getting their split ideas yeah. of how what this conversation is or what the situation is actually like. Right. Um, and then little Kiraz comes out mm-hmm. because she's awake and uh, she runs up. Ida grabs her mm-hmm. and she explains that she's awake because she had a very beautiful dream. Yeah. And so Ida says, what did you see? And Kiraz, earlier we had a little moment with her and Barack, and she, uh, Kiraz is just talking about how when daddy comes back, she's going to tell him all of the adventures. Mm-hmm. And Barack looks like he's about to burst into tears. I know, because now he knows. Uh-huh. Um, and I did like the little comment where after she kind of flits out of there, he's like, you ate that whole bowl of cherries. Uh-huh. So they're clearly yeah. her favorite fruit along with her name. Anyways, yeah. keep going. So Kiraz tells her mom that she had her had a dream and dad and I walked among the stars and then we saw a huge black hole and we met with aliens. Their eyes were phosphorus. And that is actually what she says because like, you hear her say it. I was yes. like dying. I thought that was so cute. Anyways. Well, you know what's interesting is that phosphorus burns green and who has green <gasps> eyes? Oh my gosh. And and green is like her thing too. The green mm-hmm. ball, the green cup, like yep. <gasps> So I was like, I don't think that was a throwaway comment yeah. to specifically say phosphorus. Yeah. Yeah. Aww. So I thought okay. that was interesting. Keep going. So Ada just says, What a beautiful dream. And she says, Yes, very beautiful. And suddenly I woke up, but I wanted to see this dream again. Yeah. Uh so Edda tells her, well, maybe you'll have an even better dream. Hmm. And Kira says, yeah, but I want that dream. Yeah. I wanted to tell my dad a lot. And Edda just kind of hugs her mm-hmm. and starts getting emotional because she can't tell her dad. And it was this was a kind of sweet way to fix yeah. the situation because Edda tells her, here's how you can do it. Um, mm. And Kira says, How? Edda says, try to go to sleep again, and maybe your dad will be waiting for you there. Oh, my gosh. Rip my heart out. Because then she gives her another very sweet hug, and Mm -hmm. uh, Melo takes her to bed. So. Yeah. Then um, we get. um, Oh, she goes to get some air. Ed Sarah. Yeah, she goes to get some air. She's sitting outside. That's what she tells Ifair. Like, I need to get some air. This is just all very overwhelming. And, you know, so she sits down. And we get this flashback. Listen, I don't want to be petty, but I'm going to be petty right now. There were so many people who were – the second Aisha posted that cherry tree photo before the – this was before the episodes even aired, like before the premiere. People started theorizing, oh, I wonder if the little girl's name is going to be Kiraz. Uh-huh. And, and I was like, I don't know. You know, like I just think cherry trees are going to play a role maybe in the episodes, blah, blah, blah. I didn't – I wasn't against it at all. I just was like, I don't know if that's for sure the thing. Well, obviously that it was. But people mm-hmm. were like, what does Kiraz have to do with anything? It doesn't have anything to do with Sarah Khan. Her name should be Perry because it like all mm-hmm. the – you know, of course, all this stuff about how mm-hmm. – and this, I just like last week yep. with that Brooklyn Nine-Nine gif, yes, yep. vindication because this is so – ugh. So we flash back to a time that I assume is 
when during the things were good for a while phase after he recovered. Right. And they're both back at work. Right. Um, at the office. Right. And she's like, please eat a little bit. And she's like, I searched for so long. These are your favorite berries, please. And it's a bowl of, what is cherries. it? Cherries. Yep. And she's like, cherry is a symbol of infinity, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, because he's kind of getting like, Edda, I'm trying to work. You're distracting me. But yeah. he's saying it in like a goofy, flirty way. Yes. And he's like, then we'll do this, okay? I'll plant a cherry orchard. I'll plant a cherry orchard for you. And then you will remember me whenever you enter that garden. And I was like, well, you technically planted a cherry (laughs) in the form of your daughter. And you don't forget him every time you look at her because she is definitely the culmination of the best parts of both of you. Um, But, you know, she says, is it even possible to forget you? So, again, not that we needed this confirmation, but we been knew she didn't Mm -hmm. actually forget him despite what she's trying to convince him of. Exactly. And she's like, come on, just a little. And he's giggling. And he's like, just a minute. And then she like dangles it over her ear to basically come have him nibble it off her ear. Yeah. She's like, are you sure you don't want any? And he starts like giggling. It's so stinking cute. And he's like, I'm trying to work. And he's like, okay, you want me to eat? Come here. And he leans right in. And just before he's about to nibble it off her ear, we flash back to um, the present. Yeah. And he's showed yeah. up. <laughs> yes. So uh, he shows up to where she's at and we get a big, huge conversation. Yes. Again, growth. Mm-hmm. So she's kind of distracted, clearly stuck in the past with this uh, re- um, flashback. flashback. And he walks up and kind of clears his throat and he says, don't worry, I'm not <laughs> following you. Uh and she's like, oh, yeah, okay. So <laughs> he says, we fo- we quarreled again. We fought again. And she says, yes, although it's not the first time that we have. And he asks if he can sit down. Mm-hmm. And I love Mr. Serkan mm-hmm. and all of his just clearly apologizing these last yes. two episodes. Yes. Because he says, Eda, I'm sorry. And well, she kind of looks at him. And again, it's a call back to episode nine when he's chasing her all over Istanbul mm-hmm. and trying to convince her to come back to work. And also, he won't apologize. And what does right. she say to him? Serkan, it's not that difficult. You just need to admit you were wrong and say you're sorry. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I want. And what's yeah. he doing right here? Admitting that he's wrong. And mm-hmm. he just outright apologizes. And then she kind of says, don't worry about it. Never mind. And then she, <laughs> you know, uh, what's what's the word? Oh, she puts him out of his misery. Uh-huh. And she says, it was Kiraz. And he's like, what? Says, That's who I was talking to on the phone. And his face. Oh, my gosh. It's the so relief on good. Well, face. he tries to make it this combination of relief and nonchalance. Yeah, he's it- trying to look really cool about it. But it's very clear that he's relieved. Uh-huh. And he says, uh, but you said I missed you, and you said uh, I'm waiting, and she says yes for Kiraz. <laughs> she says, please don't get yourself tied up in knots. I have no relationship with anyone, and <laughs> and he's like, no, I didn't think about that at all. 
I cannot roll my eyes hard enough at that, Sercom Bay. But th- thanks for telling me. Uh-huh. <laughs> and she's like, mm-hmm. So she kind of stares off into the distance a little bit. And yeah. he asks her, what are you thinking about? And she says, well, I need to get used to you being here. She's like, and you? He says, I can't leave. I, and uh, I can't leave. Not I don't want to leave. Not he's specifically saying he can't. And this next. Oh, keep going. Sorry. Mm-hmm. This is just. No, that's okay. So she says, I know. I understand. And he says, listen, I know that I did the wrong thing with you. Mm. What I did is wrong. And he just outright. I When he said he that, I was like, it. oh, my gosh. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> he says, but I really can't leave. I know I told I know that I took you out of my life. Mm-hmm. Because of me, we parted. Because of me. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly I'm right here in front of you. <laughs> but as I said, and she says, Do you think she interrupts him and she's yeah. like, Do you really think this is worth discussing right well, now? Well, because she knows where this is going. He can't leave. Like, yeah. Right. Yep. So he says, Listen, I upset you a lot. Mm-hmm. I understand. But I am full of remorse. And even just that admittance, oh my gosh. So she replies and she says, well, I also have a lot of remorse, but I can't explain why. And he says, he asks her, Hmm. okay, why? Yeah. (laughs) He's like, you can tell me. And she says, what's the point? What's the point after all this time? You drew a border between us so long ago. Please don't break it. She says, why am I constantly falling into your trap? Well, and that calls back to in episode 40. And again, if we had had the amazing subs. Mm -hmm. um, Because her whole talk about being a lost planet, what she was actually saying was that she's a that she's a planet caught in his orbit. Yeah. So this totally made me think of that. Um. When she says that, like, why am I falling into your trap? Right. Yep. So she says it's all over between us. Good night, Sarkon. She gets up and walks away. But what does she drop? <laughs> the guitar pick. <laughs> it's so, the it's the it's the pink scarf. It's uh-huh. the <laughs> So this is a big giant reveal for Sarkon specifically. Yes, it is. Because do you think she forgot him if she carries the guitar pick with her? Right. No, you would throw that away. Or it would at least be in a box labeled Sercon buried somewhere deep in, you know, yes. a closet or something. Or, or storage. Or burnt to ashes or something. <laughs> or burnt to ashes. <laughs> um, yeah. So he clearly knows that this is – yeah. So I called this scene growth in guitar picks because uh-huh. it – Oh, they he yes, he makes admissions that he needed to make. He owns his actions and that they were wrong and unfair. And even that what he's doing right now isn't fair. Right. But also that he just physically cannot leave her. Yeah. Um. You know, and again, though, she's and she starts to fall into that, which she points out. But again, mm-hmm. she's operating under the whole this is a game to him. He's going to give up when it doesn't work, mm-hmm. Um. which is why she gets up and leaves. So he clearly knows that she's more invested than she's letting on because mm-hmm. of this. Um, yeah. And I, oh, it was just perfect. I love that we get the flashback to that because that scene was – even when we covered that episode, before we knew what the future held, 
because, uh-huh. you know, as you guys know, we've been covering these episodes in real time. Um, we, I'm pretty sure I should have listened to that episode, but I'm pretty sure we both, or at least one of us said, like, when we watched that scene, like, this is so telling because I'm pretty sure this is when both of them truly realize they feel something for the other one, mm-hmm. but can't admit it to themselves much less each other but they spend that entire episode then trying to spend time with the other person without saying they want to spend time with the other person you mm-hmm. know because that's when she sets up his old birthday dinner with Celine and we know he doesn't really want to be at birthday dinner with Celine but she didn't directly say she wanted to spend his birthday with him so he couldn't admit it. like so that's like really when I you know think that they both realized oh crap like yeah uh, what is this feeling yeah but then didn't couldn't do anything about it so it's like that guitar pick rep is the culmination of so much mm-hmm. um so then i stink in love because we get 5 a.m archery and ice cream sarcon sitting all pensive at like five in the morning just staring out and a little suction cup um arrow whizzes right past him onto the window Yes. And he turns around, and who is it but Kiraz? And of course, Kay, we discover that she also wakes – because he's like, what are you doing up early? And what are you doing – you don't do archery in a hotel lobby. I'm sure your mother hasn't basically showed you that. But And yeah. she's like, nobody's up. And, she, and he's like, yeah, why are you up so early? And she's like, I get up at 5 a.m. every day. She basically talks about you're more productive that way. And yeah. he's like, what? Because that's <laughs> why he gets up at 5 a.m. every day. Uh-huh. Um, And so – she challenges him to a wager, and he's like, no. And she's like, he's okay. Like, I'm too busy for you. She's like, okay, coward. <laughs> and of course, just like her mother knows how to get under his skin. Oh, so he's I like, love it. they make a little pinky swear bet. It's I so know. cute. That and, was so cute. And she shoots her arrow, and he gets down to shoot his. Do you want to talk about this particular scene since it had such an effect on you that oh you gosh. tweeted from the DZ account, which you rarely do? <laughs> I... I watched the scene over and over because he's so serious. He's like <laughs> he's got this little tiny kid bow and arrow. Cause she she does her shot and she's like, Fin I do like not bad, not bad. Uh you know, probably thinking, Oh, this isn't I, I it could have been worse. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, Okay, your turn. <laughs> and so she um <laughs> It's it's his turn, and she she says something like, "Oh yeah, you're 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 taking this very seriously, just like I am." And he, he's like, he shushes her with this this sh- that he gives her. <laughs> he's <laughs> how serious he is, and what a little butt he's being to this little girl <laughs> to a five year old. <laughs> And he misses by a long shot. And, he, and the the look on his face. He's so mad. You can tell that he's just cussing at himself uh-huh. inside his head right in that moment. And she's like, oh, okay, well, looks like I won. I got to – and she wants to collect her ice cream bet. And uh-huh. he's like, right now? You want to eat ice cream this time of morning? And she's like, what better time is there? Yes. So he's like, hold my finger. And they I- – love that she grabs his pinky so cute okay and we were totally okay listen i appreciate every cast and crew member and all the Mm -hmm. hard work they do 
Mm-hmm. But there were parts cut from this scene because in the fragments and the photos, mm-hmm. he was like showing her how to do it and like behind yeah. her and helping. And we did not. We were robbed of that. Yeah. So we I just need to acknowledge that because I'm very sad about that because this yeah. scene was killer. So they go to get ice cream. Now, listen, he's like, what do you want? She's like, well, I can have anything but strawberries. I'm allergic. Now, pause, please. Time out. Sirkan, honey, let's start doing the math. She has a fairy girl for a mother. Look, look, look. We know <laughs> she... all the signs point to yes, okay? <laughs> but he is not. He <laughs> <laughs> she's allergic to strawberries she wakes up at 5 a.m she builds architecture out of legos she doesn't if, like unfinished sentences she like if you I, don't want to see something you're not gonna see it okay <laughs> he is not in a place yet he is not there yet to where he can mentally accept this and or fathom that happening. it's possible exactly. because he's exactly. even said like he clearly looked suspicious when melo claimed her Yes. At the beginning of the episode. The and fragments show us he's very suspicious in the coming episode. Mm-hmm. He's noticing, but it's not going to. I know. I know. He's going to need it laid out. And then it's all going to hit him like a ton of bricks. Yes. And it's going to be so angsty and I'm going to love it. Yeah. Anyways, so I just had to point out though, like, <laughs> honey, does someone need to teach you what two plus two is? Because like, it's Kiraz, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> um. So they he gets her two scoops of chocolate, which yes. is interesting because what does Edda love? Mm-hmm. Chocolate. And then she irks him into – because she's like, well, you have to eat ice cream too. Uh-huh. So he gets a scoop the of ice cream. The power of the, the Yulda's women. Girl. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, who gets else him to eat sweets? could force him to eat sweets? So no he gets else. it. And then she's like, I can't read or write yet, but I need you to write on this. And he's like, what am I going to write? And she's mm-hmm. like, two ice cream, Sercon Bola. Like basically for a debt. Like he needs to pay. He needs to leave a note that he took ice cream and pay for it, which he yeah. does. And he points out to her once once they sit down and they're settled. He's like, you know, and he admires her honesty. And uh-huh. he's like, even though your mom um, works here, like you still wanted to be honest and make sure that the ice cream got paid for. And she's like, my mom doesn't work here. My mom's the boss. Uh-huh. And he's like, what? And then it does mm-hmm. like, Kiraz, you ran off with – you know, she shows up. Yes. And then Sarkon has to go to breakfast with Denise, so mm-hmm. he's off doing that. Uh, we get a quick pan isn't it? To- but isn't it cute, though, that she's like – Ma or well, Edda Abla, wink, wink. Like, yeah. we can't be rude to Serkan Bola and just leave yes. him here. We have to eat our ice cream with him. I yes. I did love that. But, yeah. yeah, he eventually gets called away to breakfast with Denise. Mm-hmm. So we get a quick pengin. Pengin. <laughs> is pengin. that their ship name? <laughs> I call them Angper, but Pengin is cute. It's like penguin. But anyways. <laughs> but we get some family breakfast and essentially John and Pearl work together to convince Engin that they need to go to Chile that day because mm-hmm. John wants to see Kiraz because she promised to teach him some tricks. And then Pearl is thinking, oh. okay, I need to get Serkan out of there still. Uh-huh. So yes, let's go. Family trip. Hooray. <laughs> well, isn't it funny too that Engin's like, well, Uncle Serkan knows magic. He can teach you. And he's like, he doesn't like kids. Yes. <laughs> oh, and then – also, when they're sitting, when Edda and Serkan and Kiraz are sitting there before they all get called away, 
Barack is who shows up first and she kind of runs right. to him and he takes her off and he and Sarkon says she's really lucky that her dad is always around. Mm-hmm. And then this is right when Edda, I think the first time she was going to attempt to tell him because she says Sarkon mm-hmm. and then they get interrupted by Denise. And she's like, go, go. And he's like, don't forget what you wanted to say. We will talk later. So I felt like that was a, like, maybe that's where we were going to have that moment. But then, of course, the sea sweeps in and, yeah. Yeah. Um, So Ed and Karaz are together. She's Mm -hmm. saying how she misses spending time with her, you know. um, And she's like, well, we can. with Melo. Yeah, we can spend time right now and just have a good time just like this. Like, watch, I'll show you. And they meet up with Melo and um, they're having a little dance party. Idon shows up looking for Sarkon, makes a comment about how Kiraz look, is, looks an awful lot like Melo. Melo's like, well, she was near me my whole pregnancy. Like, yeah, kind of writes it off. Yeah. And then we get just a, a quick little funny scene with Denise and Sarkon. And Sarkon made uh, Pina stay with them for breakfast. Smart man. I appreciate this, Sarkon. Yes. So much. Episode 39, Sarkon can't relate. At all. At all. Um, but yes, yeah. the fact that he's not ignorant to the fact, that not mm-hmm. only is he not ignorant to the fact that women admire and like him. Mm-hmm. But he's not playing into it or using it to his advantage or pretending he doesn't realize it. Yeah, he's very careful not to cross any lines and not to give her any ideas mm-hmm. that are unwarranted. Yep. And he even tells <laughs> Pina, you're here so that she doesn't eat me instead of breakfast. <laughs> so good. <laughs> and she's like, oh, okay. Um, so, so, yeah. That's that. Um, yep. Idon is thinking about that he, the the moms are being the moms. We'll just yeah. say that. They're matchmaking with Barack and Denise, but yes. for Edda and Sarkon, and we hate it. Goodbye. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Pina finally proves herself, and then we get the whole drama with Idon trying to tell Sarkon everybody else's business. Yeah. And then her vehement horrible, denial. Yes. Yes. Okay, so Angin and the family arrive. And Pearl is like, I'm going to get Sarkon out of here. But Kiraz comes mm. over and she starts revealing some stuff. Girlfriend just keeps <laughs> spilling the chai just by being her. And I am living for it. Living so for good. it. So, you know, Pearl does a pretty good job up to the final reveal of right. writing things off. Because, yes. you know, uh, Kiraz says like, Pearl, you need to bring John every time you come. And mm-hmm. Ingen's like, wow, this little girl already knows your name. That's kind of amazing. How did she do that? And mm-hmm. Pearl's like, she's really smart. She's she, so smart. Like her mother. Great memory. Uh-huh. Yeah. So then Kiraz is like, oh, yeah. Remember that time that you saw all my spaceships? Uh-huh. And so uh- her explanation for this I thought was hilarious. Because <laughs> <laughs> Pearl's basically like... What are you, you know, this is the lot of every redheaded person out there. We all get mistaken for each other. She clearly <laughs> is thinking of some other redhead that isn't me. <laughs> now you're going to understand what it's like to be me and to live oh this my life gosh. where everybody thinks that you're all the same person. That was so funny. And then, oh, and then she's like, I know a game we can play, John. Let's play a game of finding <laughs> fake parents. Like, I found Melo. And then, 
<laughs> and then Pearl has no, no. answer. And Angan looks at her because Angan has now put it together. Uh-huh. And Pearl just kind of lightly shakes her head like, don't go there right now. <laughs> so clearly people are finding out because Idon does the same thing. She yeah, starts she putting two and two together with the flashbacks. She and Safi figure out mm-hmm. it must be her daughter. Serkan's the father. That's why she wouldn't tell us. So people are putting things together. Yes. So um, then we get um, – Edda was told that Denise was looking for her, but clearly that was not the case. Yeah, I um, said – I said uh, Denise Yok Amaser Serkan Burda. Burada. <laughs> so, yes, because she – and she realizes at this point that she lost her guitar pick. So she's also kind of looking for it. Yeah. Um, while also like, ugh, what does she want? What can we possibly talk about now? Denise, this woman – and then Sarah Khan shows Sarah up Khan with like his the little triumphant attitude with his Ferrero like, Rochers for this. <laughs> <laughs> what a petulant child. I love him so much. Oh so, my gosh. Oh, uh, so she's like, "What is this what does this pick mean to you anyway? Give it to me." <laughs> and he's like, "Well, if this is something important, why would you drop it?" And she is just mad. She's like, give it back. <laughs> and he has just this cat, the cat that ate the canary oh my face about him. And he's like, first, tell me the truth. <laughs> She's like, what are you trying to do here? And he says, tell me you haven't forgotten me. She's like, give it to me. Give it back. <laughs> and Okay. Again, an episode 10 parallel, because what does uh-huh. Edda say to him when uh, Celine and Ferry announce they're getting married in, like, a few days, mm-hmm. and they're all, you know, and Edda and Sarah Khan are both clearly upset by this news because neither one of them actually want to part with the other. Right. But um, he's, like, all upset, and he's all grumpy and kind of lashes out at Edda at that table, and she says, you know, Sarah Khan, it's not that hard to tell a woman that you want her. Mm-hmm. And what does he say next? He says, Edda, I want you. Oh! <laughs> She's shocked. Uh-huh. Fully. Oh, yeah. Fully taken by surprise. Mm-hmm. She says, what are you saying? She's like, stop. Don't say this nonsense. Let's go. Let me go. And he says, if you tell the truth, I'll let you go. She says, give me the pick. Otherwise, I am leaving. He says, tell me the truth. Tell me you haven't forgotten me. I don't have to explain anything to you. Don't do that. She's like, do what? <laughs> don't do it. She's like, what are you, what am I supposed to not do? He says, I'm in love with you, Edda. And poor Edda, because who else would not react in this way? She starts cackling. Of course She's- she does. <laughs> She's like, love. Oh, oh, are you talking to me about love after so many years? What are you thinking that you will <laughs> appear before me after so mm-hmm. long and confess your love, right? After all this time and you don't know what place I occupied in your life. What, you're going to treat it like an object? You're going to treat me like an object, a bride, a partner, a lover? And now, now you're talking about love. This Right here was my big telling. And I clarified with both Miriam and with Willa to make mm-hmm. sure I understood. I texted both of them just because I was like, I need help. And it was like late mm-hmm. last night. And they both replied. But I just was like, before I 
get on this hill here about him having mm-hmm. his reasons. I wanted to make sure this is actually what he was implying. Because mm-hmm. what he says is, I was dying, Ida. I was confused and yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't know what to do, but I didn't want to drag you into it. Yeah. I've, but I've always been in always. love with you. Okay. So before she responds to that, uh-huh. this told me big time that he, again, had his reasons, which then made all those other things fall into place for me previously. Right. Um, the things that we already pointed out. This, to me, was the big confirmation that we don't know everything from Sarkhan's perspective yet. Totally. He clearly had his reasons. He was not just being a jerk, workaholic. I mean, he was, but he wasn't just being that. Um, there were reasons behind There that. were reasons behind it. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, I've, I've said from the beginning that fear was his big motivator, 100%. Totally. Um, and I think this confirms that. But it also confirms in his way, he didn't go about executing it correctly, just like he didn't in episode 14 when he broke up with her. But his ultimate motivation was to protect her, even though he executed it wrongly. Yeah. <laughs> he wanted yeah. to protect her. He clearly knew whatever road he was headed down, the struggles he was having, the all of that, he didn't want to drag her down any further than he already was mm-hmm. and that he needed to find a way to set her free. And because of who Edda is, he can't just be like, you're set free, go. Right, because she's he, not going to go. No. So because like she said, she's content to even be unhappy with him as long as he wants her. Yeah. And so he had to make it clear he didn't want her. Yeah. So that she would go and do the things that she needed to do without him being a burden to her and whatever he was dealing with in the aftermath of right. his illness. So yeah. this to me completely said that he is oh, yeah. owning that he wants her. He is owning that he has never stopped loving her and mm-hmm. that his actions were not only horrible and wrong, but right. he didn't know what else to do. He was right. desperate and that was the answer he had for himself in those circumstances at the time. Yep. So Well, and I also think it's important to remember that both of them have had great losses in their lives. Yes. So for him to think about him being another loss mm-hmm. in in an irrevocable way mm-hmm. of death. Yeah. <laughs> he's probably thinking she's already lost enough people. I'm not yep. going to put her through that again. Yep. So it's better for her to walk away and to yeah. choose to leave than for the choice to be stripped from her. Because what do we know about Sarkhan? He's all about choice. Yep. Yep. Okay. So. So. She says. <laughs> she says, why am I still talking about this? Let me go. Then tell me you forgot. Mm-hmm. And she is like, fine, then I'll, to get you out of my mm-hmm. face, I'll tell you. She says, I forgot. Clear? I forgot. What did you think? That I'd wait for you for so many years? How many years should I have acted like you were in my life? Was everything revolving around you? Do you still think the world revolves around you? And then he uh, apologizes. Uh huh. But he, well, he snatches her up and kisses her first. Oh, that's right. Uh huh. Yeah. And then, and then he apologizes. (laughs) Sorry, I crossed boundaries. That wasn't right. Okay. He's like, if you want, let's talk about this. And she, she okay, (laughs) listen. Aisha, Denise, Melek, you queens, because the Edda we knew would have slapped him across the face. Uh Uh-huh. But she's – and I think she surprised even herself here because she – the look on her face is like, oh, crap. And she (laughs) grabs him and eats his face up. 
So we and got it takes him a second because he's shocked. Uh huh. And, and then, then he's he, like, "All right, baby." And then he puts his arms around her. And, <laughs> We're doing this. Let's do this. And that's how the scene ends: is them kissing. So we got kiss var times two. Uh huh. And so here's what I love about that. What I love is that I think this is saying, "Let's make it a hundred percent clear that yes. the love is still there." The and it's alive and burning, mm-hmm. if not quite a bit bruised and battered right now. Right. Um, but it is alive and well-ish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so because I know we're going to have to put a pin in that because it's all going to – it's going to be about Karaz these next few episodes, right. especially based on the fragments. She wants to see them spending time together because, again, she's like, I, I would rather her think she doesn't have a dad than that she has one who doesn't want her. Yeah. So she wants to see them spend time together, see how they do before she really – Tells him, mm-hmm. this is your daughter. Yeah. So that's what it looks like most of the next episode is about. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the fragment, it does show her saying, the mom of that sweet girl is mm-hmm. me. Of course, people are like, it's a dream. It's not real. Like, because, you know, DZs have traumatized us. So right. um, I but, think that's the that's the end scene. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Because then I think 40, uh, 43, which is episode four, is going to be dealing with all the fallout of that, which yeah. I already predicted last week because of what Karem's comment was in the Instagram live about filming that f- episode four they were filming and he had a really tough scene that he was having a hard time getting out of. Mm. So sorry that my mood was kind of weird for the Instagram live. Right. Um, so to me, that already says it was going to be something heavy. Um, right. And so what I think is, yeah, we're going to build up. We're going to see them spending time together. The big reveal that that daughter is mine. And then I think finally it'll click in his head. Oh, if that daughter is hers, then that means that daughter is mine. Yeah. Um, and then – and he's already going to start questioning it because there's a thing too where, you know, he's like, I thought you said your mom gave you this, but you just said Edda gave this to you. So right. there's going to be these slip-ups. Yeah. Um, and so – um. Yeah, so I think you're right. It's going to be the final scene. So it's going to be all about her and kind of putting a pin in what happened between them because right. she's got to be about her daughter first mm-hmm. and then make sure that once he finds out, he wants to stick around in any capacity as her dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I think so those those next few episodes we'll get through. 43 I think is going to be super angsty, mm-hmm. hopefully filled with – his perspective and reflecting back on why she kept a child from him for five years. And then yeah. we're going to get more flashbacks from him of when he said and did things that those hurtful things that he admitted to um, and all of that. So that while he's processing his anger and hurt over missing out on these five years, mm-hmm. he is also processing why he missed out on those five years. Um, and in him thinking he was protecting her and maybe himself – this was the result of that. So I think that's what a lot of the fourth episode is going to be. And then the next few episodes after that will be them building up on how to be this new version of a family because mm-hmm. it's going to have to be all about her first, Kiraz, and them kind of as co-parents. And then it'll lead up, of course, eventually to the big, beautiful official reunion wedding yeah. at the place where they first kiss. Kiraz is the flower girl. Happily ever after the end. Yeah. Um, so that's what I think is happening. Um, yeah. So um, I wanted to point out – I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's a very long thread, but I'm going okay. to just tell you guys there's a really great thread. A lot of you saw it from someone named Zia on Twitter. Um, I will link it in the episode notes. She makes these brilliant connections between the show and The Little Prince all the way from the beginning about how these planets that um, 
the little prince is traveling are different aspects of Sarkhan's personality. Hmm. Um, and she she just makes really brilliant um, connections with them. And I loved it. Um, but I know you have to leave, so I can't really I read do. any of them right now. But um, I am going to – So I just – read through Yes, them please, please, please yeah. encourage you guys to read them. It's very good and I loved it. So I wanted to make sure I brought that up because I asked her permission if I could like share it. So. Oh, cool. Um, so thank you, Zia, for that. And she's going to add to the thread as episodes air – Oh, I love And that. she has more stuff. So The Little Prince is her favorite book. So she was like, it was totally up oh, my alley to do this. Awesome. Yeah. So anyhow, um, any last minute stuff for you to add before we wrap up? Not for me. Okay. Well, you guys, thank you for sticking around with us for two hours and 46 <laughs> minutes. Um, obviously, yeah, we had a lot to say. And yeah. uh, we love where this is all heading. So mm-hmm. um, you know where to find us all over social media. Um, links to um, our merch store, all that good stuff are in the episode notes. So, um, yeah, we'll be back with you guys next week uh, when we see what the heck happens and plays out in the other two hours yeah. and 20 some odd minutes that we haven't <laughs> seen yet. So uh, until next time, you guys. Good as shit is. Host your call. Bye.